Welcome to the Penny Bloom Podcast. Ain't another place that has got more bombast. Rump past your mom, dad's listening to Tomcast. Talking everything that make you sad. We don't want that. We're here to make you smile. Put your mind at ease. Peace, love, and bloom, and always praise Keanu Reeves. This what we about. Get some weed and now. We'll talk until we can't no more, and then we peace and out. Alright, let's go. Penny Bloom Podcast. It's the Penny Bloom Podcast. Penny Bloom Podcast. Everybody and welcome in to the 2000s Penny Bloom Film Awards. Tis I, Colton Robertson, and I am joined by Joseph George. What's up, homie? Oh, what up, what up? Momentous occasion. I'm glad to be here. Oh, I am glad to have you. And as I said, it is the 2000s Penny Bloom Film Awards. If you're just joining us here, hey, to each their own, I will say we have 10 episodes from the last 10 weeks in which we covered 10 movies from the 2000s, 2000 through 2009. Uh, And as per usual, we did this for the 70s, we did this for the 80s, we did this for the 90s. We're going to look back on those movies and hand out some awards. You know, we got got the typicals, the best actor, best actress, supporting both sides, set design, costume design, soundtrack, writer, director, and then we got some fun shit, uh, most likely to succeed, class clown, uh, who, who, who am I going to smoke some pot with? Shit like that. Um, where are we going to smoke said pot? All, all this, all these sorts of things. It, it, it gets fun, uh, towards the back half. But hey, if you're one of those, uh, critic nuts, uh, maybe, maybe the first half's more for you. Uh, I don't know. I think both, I think both halves are quite fun. But, uh, man, we Equally got some good important. ones. Yes. Yeah. We got, I mean, we, uh, we started filling out the nominations kind of as we were going. This uh, this decade, um, and the actress act, and actors it filled up pretty pretty quickly. Yes, There's only um, one spot left in the actress in the actor role. Um, so I mean, we got we got some some good nominations here. Yeah, um, you know what I'm thinking is we've as opposed to what we've done in previous decades, where we'd we'd convene before recording the decades awards, list out our nominations based off memory alone. Like uh, this is who I feel probably could have done it here. This was probably more effective mm. uh, as coming straight off of it. We do have some blank spots in the nominee list, but I think those blank spots need to remain blank as mm-hmm. when we watched the movie, we didn't think they deserved anything. You know what I'm saying? It was just like, ah, well, you get what you get, you know? And uh, I think, uh, I think this is a good, this is going to be a good award show, but uh, so let's, let's give the people the run through. We're doing 2000 through 2009. We covered 10 movies over the last few weeks. So let me lay it out for you. 2000, Gladiator. 2001, Training Day. 2002, The God, Scooby-Doo. 2003, Kill Bill Volume 1. 2004, Kill Bill Volume 2. 2005, King Kong. 2006, The Departed. 2007, American Gangster. 2008, Slumdog Millionaire. And 2009, Avatar. And our nominees will be selected from those 10 films only. Uh, so it's not an all-encompassing 2000s film awards, but a Penny Bloom's 2000s film awards. Mm-hmm. And uh, I, I, I greatly look forward to it. Are, are, are you ready, my friend? Oh, I'm ready. I'm ready to jump into it. Then I say we get rolling up at the top where we usually kick it off. The set design. Ooh. 
this is an uh, this is an important one, you know, as far as the world building is concerned. Uh, we've got we've got uh, a full slate of nominees for this one. Uh, one of the only, if not the only, to have a full slate of nominees. One of the only, anyway. Mm-hmm. Uh, our nominees include Gladiator, Kill Bill, Avatar, King Kong, American Gangster, and Slumdog Millionaire. So off off rip. My gut, immediate, like you know, you think about those CGI'd environments in King Kong and Avatar, mm. right? And it's like, oh my god, they did the thing here, you know. But the thing that blended CGI environments and physical sets better than anything was Gladiator. Mm. Uh, taking us back to, to ancient Rome and kind of, uh, like setting us up in like Commodus's room and the quarters for everybody and the, the battlefields. And it's like, oh my God, that like that, that movie just nailed that shit for me. That's true. I mean, like the Senate, like where they all resided, you know, that kind of like just room that there's the Coliseum, Mm. um, seeing that. Was amazing. A uh, little even, mini Coliseum. Yeah. I'm not entertained. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, basically, this whole movie was was set design almost. Um, had to be. You know, it's a whole other world. It's and you know, I mean, Avatar and King Kong. You know, like they did a phenomenal job, and it's just it's kind of not the same. I feel like when it comes to Gladiator, like it's completely CG, and and yes, they did have to create you know an environment from from the ground up still, um, which is it, it was astounding. It was it was extraordinarily impressive, specifically in Avatar, like the mm. the way they could make those luminescent fields look real mm. when they like glowed and shit. And it's like you don't we don't have shit like that, and I believe it's mm. there, and mm-hmm. that's hard to do. And it definitely I mean, built the world of Pandora very effectively. And uh, King least, King Kong had Skull Island down to a T. I felt like mm, they knocked that out of the park. And when they came back to New York, I mean, it didn't look like it didn't look like 2005 New York. No, it, it um, did not. That's a good point. I didn't even th- I didn't even consider that. Like the streets, mm-hmm. uh, whenever King Kong's outside, like you got you got a cool set set up there. Uh, and you know, Another. in that same vein, American Gangster. Mm-hmm. Taking us back to seventies, uh, New York and New Jersey and all these, all these places like, uh, and f- from a purely like there's, there is not CGI in American Gangster. Uh, every environment was as they built it, which is pretty impressive, you know? Man. Um, hmm. and I mean, Slumdog Millionaire, like even though the, I mean, it was, ravished and, and you know run down like i mean you i don't know if they were built sets i don't know if it was actually on location i mean it, it seemed very real i don't know yeah, you know danny boyle has that knack for capturing the gritty and the uh the dirty you know mm-hmm. like uh, he did the same with train spotting and it also got a nod for set design mm-hmm. uh in the last decade awards um but unfortunately much like much like last decade i don't think he'll take the win um mm. And I mean, Kill Bill, like, kind of like, uh, I'm thinking of the, um, ooh, what are they called? It, they were in like a restaurant. Um, I don't know if this was the first or the second movie. Um, but it's when she fights all of the dudes. Like, I mean, like yeah. everyone on like the dance floor. The like, I, like yeah. that, um, that set was super cool. 
uh, the end fight um, with oh, with Lucy Liu's character. Yes, yes. Um, yeah, that was. That, oh yeah, in the courtyard with the snow falling uh, down. So, I mean, I that, don't think it. I don't think it takes the win here. You know, Kill Bill. I don't think it. It, it steps. It deserves up to, like its Avatar respect, Gladiator. Um, yeah. But man, like I mean, where they fought. You know, I, I'm like fight scenes were specifically like the sets were very, very cool for those. That's true. That's true. Um, and I mean, like in the second one, the church at the beginning and the mm. uh, like the simplicity of that and the uh, like Kill Bill really knocked that aspect of the movies out of the park. The training grounds with uh, with Gordon Liu's character. Mm, mm-hmm. Super cool. Yeah, there was a lot to like in Kill Bill. Um, but for me, I remember watching Gladiator and just going. I think we already got our winner here for second yeah. time. Yeah, that's the first movie of the of the decade as well. And man, they yeah they they knocked they knocked it out of the park. That shit just hit, man. Like I I loved those sets there, and I mean like the the room where they held Russell Crowe and Joaquin Phoenix stabbed him in the stomach or stabbed mm. him in the back, literally. Mm. That like elevator that, that was cool, and like, it was yeah. just like a plain gray room. Like I don't know, they just they just really knocked that shit out of the park. Mm. Yeah, I mean, what a beautiful movie! Like, very rugged at some points, but very grand and and beautiful at others. Um, and they I mean, built that of, environment. Like Ridley Scott just dominated that. You know, not for a second am I thinking to myself, "This is filmed in 1999 or 2000." You know, mm-hmm. like this is. Man. I feel like I'm in ancient Rome, and they effectively did that. And I mean, and kind of leading into the next award, you know, kind of as well. Um, is another thing that that Gladiator did very well. That kind of was it. F- it just fell in line with the set design. Yeah, uh, you know, costume movies. design is is our next is our next award after Gladiator wins set design, and costume design also crucial in building that world. Also crucial in making making it feel real, making it feel like I'm there. Uh, and again, here's here's the list of nominees: Gladiator, Kill Bill, King Kong. American Gangster, all, all all nominees in the last one, and we've also got Scooby Doo. I mean, let's start with Scooby Doo because this movie it should win every award. It is kind of unfair to include it in any. So um, I, I'm probably going to just kind of dismiss the Scooby Doo ones hmm. just off the rip, just because like it's like it's unfair to even consider them amongst the other ones. It's just so far superior that like how can we? comfortably compare it i I will say the costume design for scooby-doo iconic the having to bring to life these animated characters that have existed for decades decades these characters have existed Mm. they had big shoes to fill here um Mm -hmm. and i I think they filled them perfectly you know you have no questions about who shaggy scooby velma daphne and fred are the green t-shirt in khaki pants that they had to pick out for Shaggy. Oh, they, mean, they, they, they picked just the right shade of green. Mm. You know, it could have gone, it could have gone poorly. They could have gone too dark. They could have gone too vibrant. They didn't, they didn't, they nailed it. And the same, perfect. same goes for Daphne and Velma's orange and pink, you know? Mm. Uh, mm-hmm. And I mean, how they got a dog to act like that in, in camera, you know, is, I'll is never know. just insane. I'll never know. But off rip, though, amongst those other four, Gladiator, Kill Bill, King Kong, and American Gangster. Hey, man. I loved King Kong for for creating the 
you know, we were in the thirties or forties there, right? Like, or t- even twenties, maybe I can't remember. It was. Hmm. I mean, I would have around that time. Yeah. You know, it was old like, as fuck. Yeah. And great uh, depression era. Right. Yeah. Like they, they captured that very effectively, you know? Uh, but I wouldn't say, I wouldn't say it's a w- winner worthy here. Um, American Gangster bodied those seventies looks. Frank Lucas was on point. Mm. Russell Crowe's like mm. yeah, lo- his chinchilla I, I, love- suit, his like afro. Whenever he was going on the street, but couldn't look like himself, yes, you know, yes. like uh, you know, I mean, th- there were definitely some some really cool costumes in, in American Gangster. I think that's why it got the nod. Yeah, you know, like I came back to Denzel Washington's character a lot immediately after the movie, but like looking back, Russell Crowe had some looks that mm. were incredibly seventies cop. Like they nailed. <laughs> that shit um <laughs> like that right there are you fucking kidding me oh uh, yeah dude he looks he, he, like they just fulfilled that so perfectly well but again i'm i'm left i'm left questioning between gladiator and kill bill kill bill and you know from the set design i think this is a an area where kill bill did a lot better in was the costume design i mean you have Uma Thurman's yellow jumpsuit. The that iconic was, yellow jumpsuit. That was, you know, inspired by by uh, Bruce Lee. Bruce Lee, which is awesome. Um, I mean, like... Goes on to inspire Kobe Bryant. Yeah. The Black Mamba uh, comes comes from here, which is kind of insane. Um, the Black Mama, Mamba, the bride, Beatrix Kiddo, whatever the fuck you want to call her. Mm-hmm. She's awesome. Mm. And, I mean, I guess Kill Bill really didn't take costume design to the level that gladiator did. Um, if I, if I would say, I mean, because I'm thinking of all of Commodus's outfits, you know, he had so many different outfits that all look spectacular. He was the key um, for the costume design nod for gladiator, you know, and beyond him, he did have some ravishing looks, you know, mm-hmm. like he, he was decored out big pimping. He was out here. I mean, Russell, like the the tattered uh, gladiator armor that Russell Crowe's rocking for a lot of the movie, and the mm. the general coats and furs that he's wearing at the beginning of the movie, like they just again, like the set design, created that world so effectively that I could not have told you this wardrobe was made now mm. or twenty years ago, not nine hundred. You know, yeah, like man, like whenever he's talking to the Senate, he has this purple armor with a white undercoat. Like, I mean, it all just looks so good. Like, I mean, fit for a king, you know. Like, I mean, he really had just very extravagant outfits. But I mean, and even even Maximus's outfits, you know, like were just they everything was just done so well, and it fit every character. Um, and I mean, I think. Commodus kind of had the the strength here in costume, but I mean, even just the little bits of armor that he was given and, and the gladiator pits and stuff like that that Maximus was given were great. And and the royal, the purple, um, like I mean, whenever <clears throat> the first Caesar was rolling up at the very beginning um, on the horse watching the battle, um, I forget his name, Aurelius. Yes, Marcus Aurelius. Oh yes, Marcus whenever, Aurelius. They're up in in the purple, you know, watching the battle at first. Like every costume was 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 awesome. So I, I think if we have to give a winner here, I think 
Gladiator. It's got to be Gladiator again, man. It's the most, like, as far as world building and effectively convincing me I'm in the period I'm in, Gladiator is pretty much maybe the best movie of all time in that regard in terms Mm. of just, like, capturing a period and exemplifying it on screen. Like, Mm. the set design and costume design were key to that. You know, the only, like... And we'll get here, but the only thing that makes me go, well, this is this is a dude from the 2000s is Russell Crowe mm. <laughs> uh, being called like the Spaniard and shit. I'm like, well, that's it's a white man, Russell Crowe. Um, yeah. <laughs> but uh, <laughs> uh, aside from that, man, they just they they knock this shit out of the park. Mm. Uh, well, yeah. the first two first two go to Gladiator. Gladiator and, you know, that they, they an honorable little uh lineage for those awards set design in the 70s went to star wars um in the 80s and went to uh, the shining 90s it goes to the truman show and now it goes to gladiator for set design costume design in the 70s again star wars uh nine uh, 80s the breakfast club 90s the matrix and 2000s gladiator so gladiator first time since the 70s that the uh, same movie has won costume and set design. Mm. So wow. uh, very cool. Good company to keep with Star Wars there. Yeah. Um, and then Star Wars is kind of unfair to to have in this list. But those two awards were definitely, I mean, out of every other movie we had there. like There was no doubt. I know, I know we love Star Wars and we, we put it on a pedestal. But that, I, they did kill it there. That, that, there's no question about that. But yeah, I don't think there's any way around it there. But uh, with that... After Gladiator wins both costume and set design, we are on to the best soundtrack. This one's going to be interesting. Mm. We've got a few nominees. Once again, Gladiator. Uh, We got Scooby-Doo, Kill Bill, Slumdog Millionaire, and Avatar. This is a, this one's probably the toughest one so far, you know, like, uh, the yeah. other ones were just glaringly obvious to me off rip. They were going to be gladiator. Mm. Um, and I don't, I, I don't want to get too ahead of myself, but my gut immediately pulls me to Han Zimmer's gladiator score. <laughs> uh, the man dominated that shit. It was, it was incredible. I mean, um, Kill Bill, uh, volume one had a lot of great, Great songs on it, uh, composed partially by the RZA, founder of the Wu Tang Clan. But there's a a lot more artists in on that than uh, than just the RZA. Mm. Uh, that shit was that shit was gas. Uh, Slumdog Millionaires was another one with uh, various artists, but again, absolutely awesome. I was trying to think if I mean because Avatar, I mean. Avatar, that's that James Horner score. So, yeah. what we're I, looking if, at here—if I'm between three, I'm I'm between Gladiator, Slumdog Millionaire, and Avatar. I'm gonna go ahead and narrow it down for you. It's Gladiator versus Avatar. Mm, the two the bookends of the decade, which is that's kind of cool. That is cool. Yeah, uh, you know, Gladiator's got that Hans Zimmer score that just mm. destroyed, uh, and Hans Zimmer, obviously legendary for a plethora of soundtracks, um, Interstellar, the Dark Knight trilogy, uh, so much more. The Amazing Spider-Man 2. James Horner did the Amazing Spider-Man 1, interestingly enough. 
and he also did Avatar. So we got a couple Spider-Man scorers here, mm. which, is, uh, which is nice and fun. Uh, I guess they're kind of two different soundtracks. Oh, very. To me, like the Gladiator one, it, it's not like I can remember like any song from it or like give you like a, I don't know, anything. It's just kind of like in the moment, it makes you feel what you're supposed to feel. Right. But Avatar, it's kind of more of a world building uh it's that's what it's used for more like it, it's like the the nobby you know like them there are you know kind of singing or like their music in a way true yeah there's a lot of examples of their their montages in the movie because the movie tends to blow itself on the visual effects side uh so like it was like check out what we did there's mm. not going to be there's not going to be uh dialogue for a couple minutes we're going to show you this environment them running through it you're going to listen to some music hear the sounds of the forest mm. and here you go so yeah my it took me it took me to avatar as well you know i remember watching watching avatar and going like wow like this it it, it lends itself to the beauty of the film mm. uh like it it captures the the vibe of pandora extraordinarily well and effectively um yeah, I'm listening to the soundtrack now, and uh, pretty confident. I yeah, I mean, like every every song, like whenever Jake is getting the the spirit kind of a uh, floaty butterflies, I always forget the name what the, what they call them. But whenever they're they're going uh, like landing on his body, like that song was like I'm li- like it's so beautiful. Mm. Um, whenever like he becomes one with the people, that ceremony, that song, yeah, um, is very memorable. Um, and then climbing up to go get your banshee, like whenever they're just climbing up and it's just the mont, like just showing them climbing for like a good couple minutes. Um, I mean like, oh, and then like whenever he jumps off and flies with it and it's, yeah, yeah, you're right. um, You're right. I think, I think avatar is our winner here. James Horner gets a dub, uh, for for his avatar score. This was, it was a beauty. uh, Oh, James Horner and Leona Lewis. Uh, co, co did the uh, Avatar score. So Avatar, a great succession. To, Hard to beat Hans Zimmer. That's, hey, that's, and this was our first decade without a John Williams nominee. Wow. Uh, without without John Williams, it goes to anybody else. Mm. Uh, because previous decade, seventies, he won for Star Wars. Uh, in the eighties, he won for Raiders. Of the Lost Ark and the '90s, he won for Jurassic Park. <laughs> I mean, and damn. here James Horner wins for Avatar. James Horner and Leona Lewis. So that's quite that's a good succession yeah. there. Star like those Wars, epic- Raiders, Jurassic Park. Dang, like those are just those are goaded sound. Like, yeah, no, I'm sorry to all the other nominations, but I mean, they, they just stood no chance. There wasn't yeah. a shot. This one's a little closer between Avatar and Gladiator. And I think depending on what you like in a soundtrack, you know, uh, kind of sways, sways your opinion one way or the other, but I don't know. I feel (sighs) Avatar does feel like the natural successor. Gladiator is a very close second though. It's not not far off. I'll say that for sure. But like that, these epic action adventures with Star Wars, Raiders, Jurassic Mm. Park, Avatar, those, those movies just have, effectively the most all-encompassing action adventure soundtracks you can find um so uh here we are we finished the 
best costume design, set design, and soundtrack. And uh, those are the only technical awards we like to get into besides the biggins. Mm-hmm. So uh, let's let's hit it. We're into the actresses and the actors, and we're starting with supporting. So uh, are you ready, my friend? Oh, I'm ready. As am I. So let's start with the supporting actress nods. Start Starting here for the best supporting actresses, we've got Linda Cardellini as Velma in Scooby-Doo. You're welcome, Kyler. Of course. Uh, we've got Sarah Michelle Gellar as Daphne, also in Scooby-Doo. We've got Lucy Liu as Oren in uh, Kill Bill, Volume 1. we got Ruby D as Mama Lucas in American Gangster. And we've got Sigourney Weaver as Dr. Grace Augustine in Avatar. These are our nominees for Best Supporting Actress. And uh, where's where's your gut taking you as we uh, as as we lay out those li- that those nominees for us? I think in a I don't know if it was the last decade award or maybe the one before, but you kind of laid laid this award out in a very clean way. You said like what would be what popped up on the screen during their nomination or like during like whenever they win. You know what's their Oscar moment mm. and. Mama Lucas from American Gangster. I'm think like that's the only one that's like clear to me. That's like whenever she's talking to Frank and like you'll lose everyone, you'll lose your brothers, and you'll lose me. Like whenever she gives him that that kind of rant where she's like, you you know, I didn't want you to have to lie to me and everything. Like I, I feel like that would be her moment here. Mm. Um, I was kind of in between her or Sigourney Weaver. But honestly, I don't think it was Sigourney Weaver's strongest role. Um, I mean, uh, I, I tend to agree. You know, there, there, it didn't call for her to dig super deep into the bag. You know, I think uh, if if she had any moment, it was uh, whenever they woke them up and like held like out of their avatar bodies and brought them back into the real world, and she was like struggling against them. Like, yeah, like that shit was strong. And then, uh. But yeah, the, I mean, we love Scooby-Doo. It's the greatest film of all time, and as such, it's unfair to compare Linda Cardellini and Sarah Michelle Gellar amongst this list. Um, I mean, my glasses! I can't find my glasses! That's I can't. that's Oscar-worthy. I mean, I, I just um, brings me to tears sometimes, even. Every once, like, sometimes I'll just think about it, and I'll cry. But, uh... You know, I think I think Ruby D as Mama Lucas does have probably the strongest case for our best supporting actress here. I want to put some respect on Lucy Liu though, as Oren, because she had the first performance in this decade that I was like, definitely a best mm. supporting actress. Not uh, whenever she stood up at that table and was like, "All right, motherfuckers!" After she cut the dude's head off, was like, "I'm gonna say this in English. <laughs> Y'all get what I mean." Mm. That's definitely her moment. Yeah, I was yeah. trying to think of her moment. Oh, that's definitely it. And she gave that whole monologue about how, like, y'all ain't going to fuck with me. All right? Uh, that shit was hard. And so, like, I loved Lucy Liu in Azoran and Kill Bill Volume 1. Was she the voice actress for the anime part of it? Or was that someone else? I couldn't tell you. I couldn't tell you for sure. Um, like, child Lucy Liu? Okay. Yeah, yeah. I could not tell you for sure. But... I do think, uh, for me personally, she's my two behind Ruby D, Mama Lucas. Mm-hmm. Uh, Scorny Weaver was, was awesome and she got the nod because she's Sigourney Weaver. But, you know, there were other performances that called for more, I feel like. And 
I think it has to go Ruby D as Mama Lucas. Uh, she might have had probably the least screen time mm. of these three character of the characters we have here in the nominations. Uh, but she made the most of it, and you know that's kind of keeping in stride with last decade's Gwyneth Paltrow mm. to win the Best Supporting Actress in the '90s uh, for her performance in Seven. You know, l- little screen time, but dominated it. And then back in the '80s, we gave it to Karen Allen for Marion Ravenwood in the Raiders of the Lost Ark. Um, but yeah, so Best Supporting Actress, the succession goes Karen Allen, uh, Gwyneth Paltrow, and Ruby Dee. It's a hell of a hell of a lineup there. But uh, let's let's get into the Best Supporting Actor now. Got a full this list one, here. Uh, this one's this one's nice and this this one's nice and packed. So we've got. Uh, as follows. Joaquin Phoenix as Commodus in Gladiator. Ethan Hawke as Jake in Training Day. Uh, Madhur Matal as Salim in Slumdog Millionaire. David Carradine as Bill in Kill Bill Volume 2. Adrian Brody as Jack Driscoll, King Kong. Jack Nicholson as Costello in The Departed. And Russell Crowe as Richie Roberts, an American gangster. Oh, buddy. So we've got Russell Crowe, Jack Nicholson, Ethan Hawke, and Joaquin Phoenix all in the same uh, category here. Um, Joaquin Phoenix and Russell Crowe, oddly enough, starring in a movie <laughs> together in this decade, mm-hmm. uh, <laughs> which is which is really cool. Uh, hmm. I think uh, we were... Of these four, Walking Phoenix, Ethan Hawke, Jack Nicholson, and Russell Crowe, I think I'm okay with kind of removing Ethan Hawke because he was supposed to be the lead of the movie, and then Denzel just said, I'm taking this over, I and like pushed him into the supporting role, and and I don't think he really had to dive too deep. You know, he had he had some moments where he like flipped out um, on Denzel and was like, yeah, I don't know if I can do this anymore, like this isn't the way to way to go and then at mm. the very end um he had some strong moments but i don't yeah. think it, it stacks up to the walking phoenix or russell crowe or jack nicholson's performances here yeah let's um, let's put some but, respect on these other guys real quick you know mm-hmm. madurk all as salim he had a that last scene where he's pouring mm. the the money in the tub and he, he stands for he stands for his boy one last time maybe the first time mm. if we're being for real mm-hmm. uh that, that was a real ass moment. And he had he had some cool scenes with Dev Patel at the uh, at the end there, where they were looking down over the city and like, remember we used to live here. Mm, mm-hmm. Remember when it was just it was a it was garbage, like it was dirty and it was disgusting. And now now look at what we've built. Mm. And uh, he he had some great scenes, but I mean, doesn't quite stack up to some of the other ones here. David Carradine is Bill. I'm mean, thinking of the, his like of his monologue he kind of has at, with the truth serum. At yeah, the end, and Superman like, and Batman yeah. <laughs> and Spider Man being Clark Kent and well, Clark Kent's vision of humanity or Superman's vision of humanity is what he's projected into Clark Kent. You know, like that whole he that whole breakdown there. You know, he doesn't wake up and become Clark Kent. He wakes up as Superman. He become you know Clark Kent is the costume. Yeah, or whatever. Um, but I mean, it, it wasn't really a performance that was like, oh wow, I'm knocked on my. Feet for you know, I'm, I'm no, yeah. I mean, he had some impeccable chemistry with Uma Thurman there mm. in Kill Bill Volume Two. I will say they they played off each other extraordinarily well. Um, 
But unfortunately, I don't think he quite stacks up to some others here. And for me, the easiest first out was Adrian Brody as Jack Driscoll yeah. in King Kong. I, I mean, I liked him. He was a good character and stuff. He didn't have to dig too deep in the bag. You know, he, he, he has a real shot at winning Biggest Simp in our in our awards later on, I will mm-hmm. say. Mm-hmm. As this man uh, was willing to face down a giant gorilla for this woman. Um, so, uh, you know, <laughs> biggest simp, potentially, potentially Jack Driscoll, uh, played by Adrian Brody, but it's not about the words, it's, it's not about the words. Um, his whole, like he wrote the play of how he didn't say, I love you to her. Mm, and yeah. then he gets mad and walks out of his own play that he wrote and knew exactly what happened. I mean, like he did, I don't think that's why he walked out necessarily. I think he was going to try to find her. Um, but I, I just thought it was, it was it was kind of fun. But, no, I'm with you for sure. But he, he doesn't stack up to some of the other ones we have here. And these three, that leaves us with Jack Nicholson as Costello, Russell Crowe as Richie Roberts, and Joaquin Phoenix as Commodus. So I'm gonna lay I'm gonna lay my logic before you. I think Jack Nicholson is the only one here with a definitive moment. Hmm. And I will elaborate on this here in a moment. He's the only one with a definitive moment and is still my first one out um, <laughs> of of these three. Uh, I thought Costello was a fantastic character and the way Jack Nicholson played it was incredible. I loved seeing him as some sort of crime boss. It was something I never like I, I didn't anticipate ever seeing Jack Nicholson as mm-hmm. um, the opening scenes with the young with a young Matt Damon, quote unquote, uh, uh basically grooming him to become the next him mm-hmm. or work under him, manipulating him. Uh, and that last scene where he's sitting in the bulldozer is the moment for me uh, where Matt, da- but that's, it's almost more of a moment for Matt Damon than it is for, for Jack Nicholson, yeah. which is uh, ultimately, I don't think he, uh, I don't think he stole the screen like a couple of these other guys did, mm-hmm. you know? And I think Russell Crowe's Richie Roberts did a really effective job. Uh, he was badass. I, I I actually really enjoyed his character. He's far and away my favorite cop character we've had so far mm. in our 52-year journey through film, and I think that is a credit to Russell Crowe. But frankly, we saw that first movie, and it was raps. Joaquin Phoenix as Commodus is potentially one of the best roles I've ever seen in my life, period. Uh, not just supporting. Like, this dude bodied Commodus. Mm. Like, uh, I mean, I remember he made you hate him. Am I not merciful? Yeah. Like, I mean, he, he made you hate him. And I mean, he was supposed to be, you know, it's not like, um, he wasn't, you know, he's definitely supposed to be hated, but like he had just so many moments. And like, I mean, I was like, I was so ready for him to die though. Um, at the end there, and like whenever he was dead, I love how oh, they just left his body. They left him like, there. He he was the the Caesar, you know, like he was the pre- mm-hmm. like the previous ruler, and like you know, you would think he'd have a glorious death or like a a huge funeral. No, just leave. No he, glorious he, purpose for that guy. Yeah, he's just out there, but but man, yeah, I killed mean, his dad and shit. I remember watching this movie, like at, you know, kind of growing up, just because my dad watched it all the time. And I never realized that Commodus was Walking Phoenix. Like I never put the two together until we watched it for for this project. And and you know I I knew him as the Joker pretty much, and that that was it as you know Walking Phoenix pretty much. Um, 
But then, like, whenever I saw him here, I'm like, oh, man, like, he, this is, like, very interesting to see him in a role. um, Yeah, I'd known him. I'd only known him from uh, Joker, a movie called Her. Mm, Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And uh, Inherent Vice is another one with Joaquin Phoenix that he does really well in. But I've seen all those. And I think Commodus might be, like, my favorite Joaquin Phoenix role. Like, I Mm. don't. Mm Mm-hmm. I don't really have many doubts about that. So I think it was just kind of like, for me, it was kind of a shoe in I started reading this nominee list and it started with Joaquin Phoenix's Commodus and I could have stopped there, mm. frankly. Like, and that's saying something. He's in a category with Ethan Hawke, Jack Nicholson, and Russell Crowe. And I don't think they held even the slightest fucking candle to what he did as, as Commodus. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, uh, I think that, that, yeah. that marks Gladiator's third win so Dang. far in like five categories. Wow. Um, or, yeah, five, six, six categories. They've won half the awards. <laughs> Dang. Yeah, that's doing, he's, they're doing well. Gladiator's yeah. doing well so far. Um, who'd have thunk it? Who'd have thunk it? But yeah, a great little, uh, lineage of best supporting actors back in the 70s. Richard Dreyfus won it for, uh, Hooper. And Jaws in the 80s, uh, Robert Sean Leonard won it as Neil for Dead Poets Society. And Morgan Freeman won in the 1990s for potentially a couple supporting roles, maybe a couple leading roles. Who's really to say? Mm. But he won it for the Shawshank Redemption in seven. Uh, and the successor after Morgan Freeman is Joaquin Phoenix. So that's a that's a good little little lineup there for those two there. Morgan Freeman, and Joaquin Phoenix. That's nice. Mm. Um. But now we're into the biggins. Beyond the supporting actors, we're into the leads here. And we're gonna we're gonna kick it off with actresses. And this one's gonna be uh this one should be interesting. I say we get to it. We've got Connie Nielsen as Lucilla in Gladiator, Uma Thurman as Beatrix Kiddo in Kill Bill Volume One and Two, Naomi Watts as Anne Darrow in King Kong, Vera Farmesia as Madeline in The Departed. Frida Pinto as Latika uh, in Slumdog Millionaire, and Zoe Saldana as Nitri in Avatar. Mm. This one's harder for me, yeah, uh, than either of the sporting categories so far, because we had some kick-ass roles here. I mean, like, I immediately was kind of drawn to Uma Thurman just for her badassery, you know, right away. Um, but I mean, Zoe Saldana in Avatar, um, her most, you know, her facial tracking, her, her motion, like every, like it came through as her. Um, and I mean, Connie Nielsen as, as Lucille and Gladiator. I mean, I, I know it's Gladiator again, but like that is just such a strong movie. It was such a strong movie, um, you know, like, and it's been interesting as we've gotten further and further removed from Gladiator 10 weeks ago. Now we yeah. discussed it like, uh. I feel like I might have been harsh on the movie the way that I look back on it. You know what I'm saying? Like, I feel like I, I reflect on that movie in a way that makes me go. Like, I need I need to rewatch it. The only mm. reason I haven't is that it would cost me money. Mm. And whenever that happens and I didn't see it coming, I become very, very uh, satisfied and it makes me reflect on my uh my enjoyment rating there uh, a little interestingly, you know, like I'm like, 
I don't know if it was quite as low as I might have dubbed it back mm. back in the back at that moment. Um, but goddamn, part of that was Connie Nielsen. Mm-hmm. Uh, pretty much instantly when I was watching that, I was like, "Yeah, Connie Nielsen as Lucille is the shit." Whenever she's uh, sitting across Commodus, you know, and he's explaining that like Egyptian story of like um, the ruler being betrayed by someone so close to him. And then her face like slowly changing and being like, oh, shit. Yeah. And then like whenever she's, uh, you know, Commodus is like, you will love me and you will show me love. And she's just like, she's crying. Like, I mean, she's just like devastated. Um, I mean, ooh. I mean, this one, I'm kind of between these three, you know, Connie Nielsen, Uma Thurman, and Zoe Saldana. Um. I mean, then, uh, I, I mean, let's go, th- let's go through and put some respect on the other ones then. Yeah. Cause I'm, I'm in the same boat right now, but I feel like I need to reflect on a couple of them mm. to, uh, really, really give the full breadth of their, of their performance. Uh, Naomi Watts as Andaro and King Kong. I remember really, really enjoying, uh, her performance mostly because, I mean, she had Andy Circus to play off of, which I'm sure helped like crazy. Uh, but she's convincingly playing off of a massive, Gorilla, fair. Didn't uh, think. Yeah, obviously King Kong is not lifting her up um, and doing these things, and she's doing her cartwheels and and stuff yeah, in right. front of King Kong. Yeah, the yeah. vaudevillian performance, and it's pretty. It's it was it's really entertaining. Uh, I love that last moment when she approaches him on the street uh, and just kind of looks up at him and is like, "Like, come on, buddy," you know. Mm-hmm. And I think they perfectly. Something that had been the fault of King Kong movies prior is that King Kong had a really one-way relationship with Andero. And this movie poses it so that it's obvious and has a great degree of love for King Kong, too. Obviously, probably not in the exact same way. But uh, nevertheless, she cares for the animal and knows that he doesn't deserve what he's going through. You know what I'm saying? Mm. Uh, so I think it... And whenever she, like... She's like begging them not to take him down. Like she's she's yelling at them to stop. Like she she really kills that performance. Like there's there's a reason we we even thought to put her in this list. You know, I I think she's protecting the. You know, I mean, she's on top of the Empire State Building, waving her arms like Mm -hmm. no, no, like ah man, like that's a good ass movie, man. I love that movie, but uh, that that's that's where I get kind of like I don't know. Do I like the character she portrayed, or did I like her performance? And Mm. you know, I'm not. I'm not incredibly well versed in the critic game, you know. I I can't tell you for sure how impressive a performance is until I see a performance that makes me go, "Yeah, that was that was how that's supposed to be done." Um, and you know, did Naomi Watts give that as Andaro? I don't know. I don't know. Uh, Vera Farmesia as Madeline mm. in The Departed. Uh, she was uh, one one of my favorite parts of that movie. You know, I think that in in a movie with Leonardo DiCaprio, Matt Damon, Jack Nicholson, and having to do scenes with both mm. Matt Damon and Leonardo DiCaprio, she had to play off both of them. She didn't have the chance to just shine off one person. She had to she had to hold her own in scenes with two titans of the acting game, uh, in Matt Damon and Leonardo DiCaprio. Um, and she did she did fantastic. You know, I, I think, uh, 
I really, really enjoyed Vera Farmesia, and it was so interesting getting to see her in this after I'd seen her in Hawkeye uh, as Eleanor Bishop and then seen her in uh, uh, The Many Saints of Newark where she plays uh, uh, Lit- Lydia Soprano, mm. plays Tony's mom. I mean, uh, whenever she was, was Billy's therapist, you know, for a little bit mm-hmm. there at the beginning, and uh, like I'm thinking that that was strong whenever um, – I think they're Matt Damon's character. He's contemplating like moving. He's like, Oh, we got to get out of here. You know? And mm-hmm. she's just like next to him in bed and like, um, Oh no. Whenever she figures out that, um, that Matt Damon is, oh, like, that's you know, strong, yeah, he's connected. Man. She hears it on the headphones and then like, Oh man. I, ooh, she does have some strong moments actually. Now that I, I think about it, I, I was kind of quick that's to what... dismiss her a little bit because when I think of the departed, I do think of like Matt Damon, Jack Nicholson, Leonardo. Right. Um, My thing is that, like, uh, I think that these women, specifically Vera Farmesia and Frida Pinto, brought something to their roles that uh, just would have been lacking without them. Mm. Like, it feels it feels like those roles were supposed to be them. I don't like. I don't know how to. Uh, I don't know how to elaborate on that much more, but Frida Pinto perfectly captured Latika. Mm, uh, her running and, to the phone. Like, yes, Vera, and Vera Formasia did the same for Madeline. So, like, I, I loved those performances, you know. Like, I think they might be my favorites from the decade. It's just a matter of, like, weighing my favorites versus what's best, and that, that gets kind of hard for me. Mm. Yeah. I mean, I'm still kind of stuck. <laughs> Between oh, yeah. between the three that that I mentioned at first, and I th- I think if I have to get rid of one of these three out of Connie Nielsen, Uma Thurman, and Zoe Saldana, I think I'm getting rid of Connie Nielsen. I think so too. Um, it's and not because she did poorly, just because of how well Uma Thurman and Zoe Saldana did in their. Role. I'm with you. I think that their roles are just a little stronger. Uh, Uma Thurman has two movies going for her, and I know we're kind of only supposed to choose one role, you know. But but she volume one and volume two, yeah, though. it's it's, kind, it's, it's like, the same movie. It's all the same. Yeah, story. you know, like uh, that. When it came to Russell Crowe's characters, Maximus and Richie Roberts, it's fair to split those up because they're not the same character. He has mm. to portray a new person, Denzel, with Frank Lucas and uh, and uh, Alonzo in Training Day. Two different roles, not the same character. Uma Thurman, she's playing, she's playing the bride, she's playing Black Mamba, she's playing Beatrix Kiddo in both movies. So uh, I think it's fair to consider them side by side. I will say she had a much greater chance to shine. In volume two, mm. uh, that was when the emotional side of her story really came into play. Uh, you know, volume one, we see her on this revenge bent path that uh, is, is kind of dominating her performance throughout the movie. You know, like she is just a woman on a mission mm-hmm. in that first movie. And it's just her going place to place fighting people. Uh, but that second movie, we get more of those conversations with Bill and uh, the reflection on her daughter playing off of her daughter, meeting her daughter. Uh, all, all, all of that side of the story just called for her to dig much deeper into the bag, uh, mm-hmm. than, than volume one had her do. Um, hmm. and, you know, reflecting this... on it, I think it's, I think it's Uma Thurman. Yeah, it's tough. I mean, 
Uma Thurman, she didn't have, you know, she was just herself. She wasn't a 10-foot-tall, or I don't know how tall they really were. Um, but, I mean, Roughly. credit to to Zoe Saldana. I mean, she, you know, didn't didn't have her face right then and there, even though she kind of did, you know, by proxy a they little bit have so much. there. They can only do um, so much there, you know. Like, if we get a human Zoe Saldana here, I have little to no doubt that I'm convinced she did better, mm. you know. But the limitations of becoming a CGI character do kind of they don't take away from her performance because she elevated it. Mm. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I I spoke on this last Friday with the Avatar podcast how like I wasn't sure if they were completely CGI or if they were motion capture until I saw Zoe Saldana act with her act with body language, mm-hmm. and I was like, that is Zoe Saldana. I've seen that. Uh, like whenever she's whenever she feels betrayed by. Uh, mm-hmm. You know, at first, and, and she's like, you, "Get out of here!" Like, you know, like her her super strong emotional moments, like, "Get out of here, never come back." Uh, yeah, her hissing, ah, oh. um, and then like the loving moment, you know, like the whenever they they're falling in love, and yeah, like at the very end there. Uh, I mean, really, uh, she picks up, uh, you know, his human body and like puts the mat, you know, and like sees him as as his human form, you know, whenever she jumps mm. in into the the pod or I don't know whatever you want to call it, that little mobile unit that they had um Man, i don't know i know like we keep talking about zoe saldana's performance and i really liked zoe saldana's performance in avatar like that was like a that was probably the highlight of the film for me was zoe saldana in uh playing that role hmm. uh i mean she was strong i it like very str- i i just don't like when i think of uma thurman like I, i'm thinking of her volume two performance here she had all the badassery of the first one and the emotional resonance um i mean like yeah she had a chance she had a chance to do something really really good with that second movie i think it's i think it's just because i watched avatar last night not six seven weeks ago Mm -hmm. it's 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 uma thurman you know like I, i think i think it is uma thurman as beatrix kiddo um, cause she killed that shit, man. Like I remember watching those movies and just being like, fuck, mm. this is outstanding. And you know, I mean, this is comparing the movies more, but the reasons I like the movies are Uma Thurman and Zoe Saldana. Mm. But I, I rewatched the Kill Bill movies before I rewatched the Avatar movies. That's fair. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Mm. yeah. I think I'm looking through these, you know, these pictures of, of, of kill bill. And I'm, I'm thinking Uma Thurman's the right choice here. I don't think it's, I mean, it's close. Um, it's not like it's, she's blows Zoe Saldana's performance out of the water, but, uh, I think, I think she deserves this award for sure. I think so too. And, uh, it's fitting as, uh, as the lineage here has been nothing but epic, epic women. And it would have been no matter who won, but Carrie Fisher, as Princess Leia Organa in the 70s, Sigourney Weaver as Ellen Ripley in the 80s, Lorraine Bracco as Karen Hill in Goodfellas for the 90s, and now Uma Thurman as Beatrix Kiddo for Kill Bill Volume 1 and 2. Damn. Man, yeah. That's it's a, it's a nice lineage. George Lucas-directed movie, uh... James Cameron directed movie, a Scorsese directed movie, and a Tarantino Scorsese directed movie. 
Yeah, I mean, some powerful women there. I mean, I'm, you know, kind of, we got Sigourney Weaver back there, you know, instead of like, you know, the Avatar was here, you know, and she was up and supporting. So I'm glad she, she has an award. She definitely deserved it for, for Aliens. Oh, um, no doubt. And, and Lorraine Bracco and, and Carrie Fisher. I mean, yeah, I mean, they were, I think, were they kind of, I don't know, were they kind of like, did they take it pretty easily? I, I mean, I'm pretty sure. Uh, Carrie Fisher took and, it. And Carrie Fisher also had to compete with, uh, I think Jodie Foster was the one that was like mm. really, really the thing there in Taxi Driver, her being a 13 year old who came into that movie and just dominated it. Mm. Uh, Linda Hamilton as Sarah Connor gave Sigourney Weaver a little bit of a, a run for her money. Uh, for the 90s, the 90s was my hardest, uh, was mm. our hardest best actress category yet with Laura Dern, uh, Uma Thurman Ooh. nominated last decade. Uh, Carrie Ann Moss, and I, I'm feeling a real kinship between the Carrie Ann Moss and uh, Zoe Saldana nominations. Mm. Like I feel like I, they both just absolutely fucking rock, and I love them, but I just couldn't quite commit there. You know, mm. uh, it had it had to be Lorraine Bracco and Uma Thurman, and I like Uma Thurman coming off the '90s, having not gotten the nom for Pulp Fiction, getting the win. For Kill Bill. Hmm. Very fitting. There we go. Now on to the best actor here. Of the Let's two, do it. Of the aughts. Hmm. Alrighty. So the nominees are as follows. Russell Crowe as Maximus. Gladiator. Denzel Washington as Alonzo. Training Day. Matthew Lillard as Shaggy. Scooby-Doo. Leonardo DiCaprio as Billy, The Departed. Denzel Washington again as Frank Lucas, American Gangster. Dev Patel as Jamal, Slumdog Millionaire. Mm. So a couple, couple Denzels, and I mean, like, uh, let's let's talk it. The obvious thing, staring us in the face. Mm. Yes, Matthew Lillard is probably deserving of this award. I mean, one of the strongest characters across all of cinema. Um, That's potentially the strongest character work in the history of acting. I mean, what what Matthew Lillard did with Shaggy here to fill, to to come into this role with decades of storytelling behind it, and to fill it so perfectly. That cartoon had come to life in Matthew Lillard. Whenever I'm thinking of Shaggy, no one else pops in my brain besides Matthew Lillard. And Zoinks, dude, why would they? I don't, yeah. Um, so uh, unfair, you know, that he is here. Um, the obvious win here, but, you know, let's let's let some other people him. shine here, yeah, you know. It, naturally. Um, so I'm jumping, uh, you know, right out. Frank Lucas, Denzel Washington is 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 there for me. Uh, I, it's my boy, Denzel. I uh, got love him. And I, I think I'm right there with you. And I, I think the two to jump out were, were Russell Crowe uh, as Den, you know, as Maximus and Denzel's Frank Lucas. But I mean, Dev Patel, like in Slumdog Millionaire, like that was that was th- those were the three for me. You know, I think uh, I think Leo did his thing with Billy. I don't think he got a chance to shine as hard in that role as he has gotten the chance in other movies. You know, like this. I've seen Leo in a lot of things. And in a lot of things, he's pretty much no doubt best actor. Mm. 
I have any reservation about one of his characters winning Best Actor, I know he's not. Mm. Mm-hmm. You know, because I know when he is. Yeah. Uh, and I, I don't think Billy was his strongest role, but uh, I think that's not, I don't think it's his fault. I think it's the writing side of that movie. I don't mm-hmm. think it was, it was done quite as well as it could have been, but uh, nevertheless, he, he bodied what he could. Uh, you know, Denzel is Alonzo. That guy, he won Best Actor mm. at the Oscars that year for that role. Mm-hmm. Um, like, he, I, as much as I didn't like that movie, you know, it's funny, like, looking back on, like, Gladiator and Training Day coming back to back, how Gladiator has risen since I since I watched it in Training Day. I've had no interest in going back. Yeah. Um, the only thing that ever th- makes me go maybe is Denzel Washington. Yeah. Uh, he absolutely fucking kills that movie. He stole the show. I mean, he stole the show there. But, I mean, if there's a Denzel performance this decade, that was it's way Lucas. stronger. Yeah, I mean. I mean, how about I pour gasoline on you, flick the lighter, throw it on you, let you let you suffer for a couple seconds, and then shoot you right in the fucking face. A good, like, five times, too. You know, not mm-hmm. just – and then uh, in the street, you know, you got – um. Oh my god, the actor's name. Uh, Idris Elba. Thank you. Idris Elba. Just point blank in the street in front of everyone. Doesn't care. Uh, he, you know, he's, he's a businessman. He cuts out the middleman. He goes straight to Vietnam. He takes advantage of the war, you know? That's $25,000 alpaca. You blot that shit. Exactly. I mean, hey, this, this dude, he knows what he's doing. And, uh, and I mean, after, after that, you know, no one talks to me anymore, you know, like, you know, like, uh, I don't know. All, all of his moments were, I don't know what moment to choose. Um, no, yeah, you know, like, we talked we talked the range of, like, uh, of certain characters not being quite there so they can't win. Um, and Denzel didn't, didn't have to put on a lot of range for this hmm. movie. I mean, we, we saw him happy. We saw him angry. Mm. Um, but this this man's so talented that that I I know I, I know Denzel Washington when I look at him. Mm. He immerses into these roles so effectively; it's insane shit. Like seeing him in Malcolm X, like he was Malcolm X. Like I mean, yeah. he won. In the nineties for Malcolm. Oh X. shit! Yeah, he did, he won last decade for our decade awards, and now he's got two fucking noms yeah. here in the odds. I mean, wow! I mean, like, yeah, he's very obviously Denzel, but you're watching the movie and you're not thinking of of him as Denzel. No, you're uh, not. Like, I mean, it's I'm, it's, hmm. it's a really hard line to walk, you know. And I think it's something Leonardo DiCaprio usually does very effectively. But this is one of those roles where I'm watching it, going, "That's Leonardo DiCaprio versus Matt Damon." Mm. Um, you know, and Russell Crowe as Maximus, you know, I really, really enjoyed Russell Crowe as Maximus. This man absolutely floored me in terms of that, that last, that last little monologue after he's done the deed. And he's like, mm. by the order of King Marcus Aurelius, the power will be given back to the people. Mm-hmm. And he just like collapses there at the end, man. He that shit was job. strong. He did what he set out to do. Um, yeah, that shit was incredible. But, you know, and then Dev Patel as Jamal. 
I really, really enjoyed his performance. Uh, another one that I don't think required such a deep bag, mm. uh, regardless of all the shit that was happening to him. You know, like he did play this like a uh, sort of worn down optimism mm. thing really, really well. That like he wore it on his face. You know, like whenever the guy's acting like, "Are you nervous?" and he's like, "Are you?" Mm. Mm-hmm. He's like, my nervous. You're the one with the fucking millions of dollars on the line. Like, what the fuck? He's like, oh shit, I don't know. I'm sorry. Like, that's like that's just such a genuine thing that it's so hard to fake. Mm-hmm. Like, feeling that in that moment, like that confusion and just kind of like, I don't know, man. I'm I'm riding the fucking adrenaline high right now. I'm mm-hmm. on I'm on fucking who wants to be a millionaire and running this shit. So like, and uh, being interrogated, you know, like uh, I don't, I just whenever someone asks me a question, I just I tell them the answer. You know, yeah. like all of his little like snarky remarks that were there. Um, and then they slowly started to believe him over time. Um, him not believing the host, you know, taking the answer, you know, he, he just switching it up. And then whenever he gets that call, you know, from, from his girl, he doesn't care. He doesn't care what the answer is. He got what he wanted. Um, he got what he needed, man. Yeah. So yeah, I really, I really love Dev Patel as Jamal. Um, I'm sitting here with a glaringly obvious answer <laughs> in Denzel Washington as Frank Lucas. Yeah. Um, like of our best actor categories over the seventies, eighties, nineties, there has never been one so easy as this. Mm. Um, there is usually a little bit more deliberation required. Uh, you know, like back in the seventies, we had Marlon Brando, uh, Bob De Niro, Al Pacino, like, damn, that's going to be hard, and it was hard. We got Marlon Brando win in the 70s, 80s, Harrison Ford winning over, again, Al Pacino, Jack Nicholson, Robin Williams, damn. 90s, and and Denzel Washington with a back-to-back here in Decade Awards as he won in the 90s for Malcolm X, and he wins again here for American Gangster with Frank Lucas. So, uh, goddamn, man, Denzel with the back-to-backs. You got to love it. Uh, let's, let's skip over best director and go to best writer <laughs> as, uh, this category was fun. We went through, and as we said at the beginning of this, uh, at the beginning of this shit, beginning of this episode, we decided to give out the nominees this time around as the movies, as we watched the movies. If, if we watched a movie and we're like, wow, the costume design here is crazy. Go ahead and put it put it on the Excel sheet. Uh, this guy deserves best actor. Go ahead and put it on the the Excel sheet. This guy deserves best dire- best director. Put it on the Excel sheet. Best writer had the same logic. It had the same logic, and it took <laughs> one out of ten movies made made the best writing category for nominees, and therefore we have an obvious winner mm-hmm. in Simon Beaufoy for a slumdog millionaire. And I'd say if there are any other movies that, that do grab the nomination here, but not the win for sure, it would be kill bill volume one and two, um, you know, adapting those characters, whether they were from, from novelizations or, or whatever. I think, I mean, it's, it's not the strong point of the movie. That's for sure. And that's why it didn't get the nom after we watched it. Mm -hmm. Um, 
but I feel if there any are any other nominations there, but yeah, the the glaring winner here is is Slumdog Millionaire. I mean, that's what that movie was. It was it was very tightly written, you know, like the the storytelling device it used with Who Wants to Be a Millionaire and the use of flashback and like it was so effectively written that that's the reason the movie is is good. Mm-hmm. You know, like uh if it's written any more poorly, it's like I don't know what the fuck like I don't know what, what to like about that movie there would be you know like mm. uh if, if the writing falls apart the movie falls apart and you know that can be said for pretty much any movie uh but we had a we had a lot of movies that i really enjoyed this decade that just like it was like well it wasn't written particularly well mm. you know like uh, i loved king kong but i wouldn't say it was a particularly well-written movie i loved gladiator looking back but i mean it bored me for for an hour and 45 minutes mm-hmm. uh training day i mean i didn't like it and it was bad <laughs> yeah huh yeah i mean it i don't know sometimes it just happens like that i guess you know like yeah. sometimes sometimes it do just be like that but you know the lineage here is i mean it's slumdog millionaire is joining some good company here I mean, you got george lucas for star i mean that's star pretty obvious there yeah um, he won for star wars and american graffiti mm-hmm. in the 70s mm-hmm. And then uh, the eighties, we had Tom Shulman for dead poet society, which is another movie that was like, and I think that's an interesting one that like makes a lot of sense right next to slumdog millionaire as yeah. our winner for best writer of the decade, uh, where it's like, uh, the movie was so effectively well-written emotionally that like, uh, that the direction didn't need to be as great as it was. Mm. The acting didn't need to be as great as it was. The writing alone could have done it. Dead poets made us writing. change our, our view on the enjoyment rating completely yeah, exactly. from that point on. Um, so, I mean, yeah, that movie was very strong and uh, I, it is a good, good mirror to, to slumdog millionaire. And, and I mean, then the nineties, uh, we got John Singleton for boys in the hood mm-hmm. uh, again, right next to slumdog millionaire. And another one that uh, the direction didn't need to be as good as it was. The acting didn't need to be good as, as good as it was, but that story was just so tightly written. Mm-hmm. That, like, how can you, how can you deny it? And uh, that that seems to be the logic of our of our choices. Mm-hmm. Uh, and Simon Beaufoy for Slumdog Millionaire, definitely our best writer for the two thousands. And that leaves us in our critical awards with the best director. Our nominees are as follows: Ridley Scott, Gladiator. Quentin Tarantino, Kill Bill Volume 1 and 2, Peter Jackson, King Kong, Martin Scorsese, The Departed, Ridley Scott again, American Gangster, Danny Boyle, Slumdog Millionaire, and James Cameron for Avatar. Hmm. I see you, I see you out here highlighting. Mm-hmm. Uh, who who you think the who you think the choices are, and I will say the three you've highlighted here are certainly there. I cannot limit this to three though. Ah, are you? I'm having a tough time. Are you also throwing in the only I'm throwing in? I'm throwing in both Ridley Scotts and Danny Boyle. The like it's crazy that we have a category where in Best Director where my first one out is Martin Scorsese. <laughs> uh, for Gladiator, the only reason I didn't highlight it was because of the first hour 45. Um, 
was kind of like because it's stacking up against against these, you know, like against against Pretty the others. Yeah. Um, and I mean the ending. I mean it's kind of that movie where the ending makes it all worth it. Mm-hmm. Um, so I mean maybe you know they knew that in mind or they they had that in mind. Um, and everything, but well, and regardless of how much I uh, I might have been bored with the movie through the first half, it was because of the story. Mm-hmm. Like I. I wasn't making emotional connections with the characters. All the while, I was also telling myself, this is fantastically well done. Mm. Like, I do think this is a really well done movie. I'm just not loving it so far. And, you know, that is a credit to Ridley, to Ridley Scott to be, to be like, you know what? There is something wrong with this movie, but I don't think it's the fault of him. Mm. You know, like, I think, uh, I think he had a really effective style and and it worked with Gladiator, you know, you see the the prior decades of like Blade Runner uh coming coming into play a little bit. I felt like I could see that coming into play with Gladiator a little. And uh I really really enjoyed it. And then his other one, American Gangster. I think that might be my favorite Ridley Scott movie mm. uh as as of the ones I've watched. Um it was uh, it was incredibly well done, and uh, he gets a lot out of Russell Crowe. I'll tell you that. Mm-hmm. Um, I think if I'm between three, though, I'm still Quentin Tarantino for Kill Bill, Peter Jackson for King Kong, and James Cameron for Avatar. I mean, where where I'm at with Avatar is this movie kind of it did a whole lot for VFX and kind of proved to the world that like we're there, we can make a full CG movie pretty mm. much. And I mean, the, the shots that were, were shown were beautiful. So many wallpapers that, that you could take out from that movie. Um, but I do think out of these three that it would be my first out um, between I, Kill Bill and, and King Kong. It, I, I'm going to be honest with you. Besides Martin Scorsese, it was my first out overall. Mm, yeah. Um, I, I did really enjoy it. But, and I did think like all the things you said that were impressive about it stand like the VFX. It's, it's otherworldly to be able to direct a movie like this on a set that is just blue screen. I don't think people give directors enough credit for how hard that is. Mm. Like setting up shots when it's VFX shots. Mm-hmm. It's, it, I mean, it's hard, to, it's hard to set up a good looking shot even when it's there. Yeah. So when it's not there, and they're the ones telling the actors and actresses like, Hey, this is where you are. This is what you're feeling. Mm-hmm. This is what you're doing. Like they're, they're, you know, they're the ones steering the ship, you know, they're, they're driving the bus. And I mean, it's that, that's incredibly hard. I mean, they, they did have, um, you know, kind of a, a crummy look through the camera that he could see the environments that they built, not in full rendered, obviously, or everything. Yeah, so, right. so he had a kind of a good idea of what he was looking at. Um, and the technology, you know, kind of gave him, you know, some help there, some early, um, very early motion tracking and stuff there, which is, which is really cool history. But, uh, hey, I'll tell you all those reasons that we're digging James Cameron's avatar is why I'm digging Peter Jackson's King Kong. And I thought it was better directed. Mm. I, I come away from avatar. What is considered by most one of the best looking movies of all time mm-hmm. 
and I, I still don't think it does, does for me what King Kong did. Uh, that movie's visuals are fucking jaw dropping. Uh, they absolutely fucking killed that. And Peter Jackson coming off the Lord of the Rings trilogy had refined his craft perfectly when it came to King Kong. Mm. Uh, I'd say very uh, underrated movie. King Kong is, um, I think it's just kind of thrown in the, the King Kong group, you know, like oh, it's yeah, just another know, King it's Kong understandable. movie. Like, but. I 100% how it got to a point that it is underrated because I, I like I just the other day put in a, a letterbox to all the movies we've covered to this point um, and by our rating and ranked them. Mm-hmm. And it was interesting seeing that by that ranking, King Kong is our 10th mm-hmm. of 46 movies so far. King Kong is top 10. And even me, a dude who was oozing over how much I loved it on this on this podcast went wow is that right Mm. you know just because of the bias against a King Kong film like it's just it's like it's King Kong how can it actually be that good and then you watch the movie and you're like oh my god this movie fucks Mm. Uh, so yeah like Peter Jackson I take Peter Jackson uh, for King Kong over James Cameron Cameron for Avatar Mm -hmm. Um, I do want to put some respect on Quentin Tarantino for Kill Bill. Uh, for you know, for Pulp Fiction and his previous films, I don't, I don't really get the hype of Quentin Tarantino. I think he kind of has just like a little cult following, a little bit. But like this yeah. movie, it was very unique. Um, it, it felt different from his other movies a little bit. Um, like the black and the going from black and white to color, or going, you know, like, like some it, really distinct choices, and yeah, it, like the silhouette shots of um. I don't know, like the blue kind of wall whenever Uma Thurman's just, you know, slicing more people. Like there were some very, very cool shots and, and it was very unique and there's not a, not really another movie like it. Um, mm. but man, while I was watching King Kong, it was just three hours of like, holy shit, this movie looks amazing. Like, and I thought I was going to, going to be like that for Avatar. You know, I thought like right. out of this list, seeing, seeing all these movies, I'm like, all right, well, obviously the visual, um, you know, the stunning visual movie here is going to be Avatar, but like ended up being King Kong, man. Yeah. It really did. Uh, I do in the same vein as Quentin Tarantino mm. for, for his Kill Bill movies, Danny Boyle for Slumdog Millionaire. Uh, the choices he made in, in some shots and the choices he made in the portrayal of that movie were really, really interesting. Mm. Um, I thought there were a lot of great moments in Slumdog Millionaire. Um, and, you know, he had, he has this way and it happened with train spotting in the last decade too of capturing just this, this grittiness to, to the environment. And I think, uh, I think he did that super effectively as he did in the last decade. Um, but again, I, I'm, I'm kind of, I'm kind of stuck here. Mm. Because I, I did, I did like Peter Jackson King Kong a lot, but I, I think directors chair wise, I liked Tarantino, Danny Boyle, and Ridley Scott every bit as much. Like, uh, maybe not purely from a visual mm. and visual effects side of things. Um, but goddamn, was it well done? You know what I'm saying? Uh. 
this one's tough. This one's this one's really tough. Uh, here I'm looking through all the uh, all the movies to see the uh, awards they got. Oh man, mm. Kill Bill Volume One was not even nominated for any Oscars. Wow, which is interesting. Neither was Kill Bill Volume Two. Hmm. Uh, King Kong won three Oscars in Best Visual Effects, Best Sound Editing, and Best Sound Mixing, Best Achievement in Art Direction. So of of our four, of like the four that I've laid out here, and Tarantino, uh, Ridley Scott, Peter Jackson, and Danny Boyle, three of them were not nominated for the for their director's mm. chair moments. One of them won. And it's just so it's so interesting that mm. like I'm I'm not leaning towards that one. Mm-hmm. It was Danny Boyle. Mm-hmm. He won he won Best Director. Uh meanwhile, Ridley Scott for American Gangster wasn't nominated. Peter Jackson for King Kong, not nominated. Quentin Tarantino for one and two, not nominated. Ridley Scott for Gladiator, however, also won Best Director, if I'm not mistaken. Which is just uh Oh wait, no. He did not he got, win. He was, he was nominated. nominated yeah, one best picture. So though, all these, so all very, very interesting stuff here, you know. And we did have a few best, best picture here: Slumdog Millionaire, Gladiator, both, uh, and The Departed. Mm-hmm. Uh, but that was our, that was our first out. Mm-hmm. And I, I'd be willing to bet The Departed won Best Director at the at the Oscars just because he's fucking Martin Scorsese. Yeah. I mean, maybe they're. I don't know. Best what achievement else. in directing. Mm-hmm. Martin Scorsese, but uh, and I will say if there's anything about The Departed that was fucking awesome, it was like the the direction. I remember that chase through the streets with the the shimmering glass that broke apart Matt Damon's face as Billy was chasing him into the alley, mm. and it was like, oh damn! Like I remember that choice very mm. specifically. Mm-hmm. Um, man, I come back every time to Quentin Tarantino and Peter Jackson. Mm. These two are very strong. And it's, whenever I'm thinking of King Kong, it is the visuals, it is the camera work and everything. And I mean, I, this, I don't know. Maybe it's not just that for King Kong. Like, there, there were some other things that, I don't know. I, if I were to give Quentin Tarantino an award, like, It'd be for Kill Bill. It's def yeah. It's not for for any of his other movies so far that I've seen. Um, and like, I think this is Kill Bill is what solidified him as one of the greats. You know, in directing. I agree. Yeah. Um, it was just so unique. Um, and that's what I keep coming back to is that it is far and away of these movies here the most originally directed mm. you know like it's i i haven't seen a movie like it before and the only movies i've seen like it since are other tarantino movies so like you gotta put some respect on that man for that i i think um and and for me the more the more we discussed it the more i started leaning towards him mm. uh but if it, if it comes to it like uh, I'm not I'm not opposed to a little like a, a a coin flip of sorts. Ah, okay. Heads Quentin Tarantino, tails Peter Jackson. I think it'd be the way. 
Here we go. If you'd like, I can. Uh, oh, oh, you, you got you got the. Well, here we'll, we'll do another one. Make it more uh, heads. Well, I guess if we want to just stick with that one, yeah, it would be Quentin Tarantino. I mean that that's my test also landed on heads. Wow, so. that's it's up to the the coin flip gods and they're it's up to the gods and I and you know what it it, it landed where I I felt comfortable with it landing. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, you have that gut moment when the coin's in the air, where you go. <laughs> Oh, I know what I want it to be. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and uh, it was it was Tarantino. Uh, so I, I I'm I'm there with it, you mm-hmm. know. And our best director lineage has been an awesome one. And mm. Francis Ford Coppola in the '70s, Stanley Kubrick in the '80s, Martin Scorsese in the '90s, and now Tarantino in the aughts. Man, what a decade! What a decade indeed. But. Before we get to the fun shit, what was the movie of the decade? Let's go over the previous winners. 70s, we had Star Wars. Uh, 80s, we had Raiders of the Lost Ark. In the 90s, we had The Shawshank Redemption. What is that movie for the odds? I'm between Gladiator. I think Avatar deserves to be up there. Uh, just, I mean, thinking back to, I mean, it's, it's one of the most popular movies of this time and it Mm -hmm. will always be, I feel like people will always like look at Avatar as like, wow, that that's a crazy movie to come out, um, in 2009. Um, you know, obviously Scooby-Doo, it's unfair. Uh, It's the movie of forever, the movie of, in, you know, of all time. The greatest movie that's ever existed. So uh, I think I, my, my three, if I were to nom three, I think I'm doing Gladiator, American Gangster, and Avatar. Maybe Slumdog, actually. I mean, it yeah, did I'm, have I'm between, eight Oscars. Um, yeah, I'm between Gangster and, and Slumdog Millionaire, man. Like, those, those were my two gut, gut feelings. Uh, and you, you know, I, I don't know, though. Like, I, I don't like this decade for me. Check, let's, let's check these decade scores real quick. We had a, this, this decade had a four, five, two out of five stars on average. Nineties had a four, six, six. Eighties had a four, two, seven. And seventies had a four, three, seven. So this is the second best decade. But as I was watching it, I was very confident this was my least favorite. I feel I'm kind of there too. And I think uh, it, the, the seventies and eighties, uh, they're really just taken down by mash Scarface, Spaceballs, um, and taxi driver. Um, other than that, all of those movies are like the floor is, I, I think, yeah, American graffiti at like a four, three, eight, but everything else is like above a four five. Um, for, for the seventies and eighties. And I think I enjoyed the seventies and eighties far more than I enjoyed this decade. Um, even though their, their scores don't reflect that. Um, I think the nineties was it, if I have to pick a favorite, the nineties, I'm loving the nineties. I mean, we did have that. The nineties was awesome. We did have a a crazy week for, you know, for, for, we did get to cover Um, like six more movies than we usually do for the nineties. And it was a lot of fun. Just out of the, the movies that we would have covered without that. Um, I think we replace Forrest Gump with Shawshank Redemption for the, the yeah. actual slot for 94. 
Um, I, yeah, I but I mean, the Matrix, Truman Show, Goodwill Hunting, Train Spotting, Seven, Shawshank, Jurassic Park, Malcolm X, Boys in the, the Odds just didn't have that wow. movie. Yeah, you know what I'm saying? Like in the 70s, it's like, duh, Star Wars. 80s, it was like, yes, Raiders. 90s, it was like, man, we got some options here. Matrix, Jurassic Park, Shawshank Redemption, like Goodfellas. Holy shit, how do you choose? And the odds, I'm like, I don't know that we had one. You know, like, there's there's not one that I'm like, this is a, a, a decade-defining film. Like, God, this just nailed it on all cylinders. Um, I guess the no. highest rated out of this decade, it's either American Gangster or Slumdog. Um, it's at four nine twos. So, I mean... Hey, and you know, I love American Gangster. I think Slumdog Millionaire is our movie of the decade. Like, I think, I think it has to be. You know, uh, I'm there. I mean, it won eight Oscars for a reason. That movie was just—it's a—it's a—it's a feel good movie, even though it's devastating from the beginning. Um, at the end of it, you're just like. Like ah, oh. hey, another candidate for best ending. Mm. Yes, as far as like uh, you know, it came together in a way where you're just like, yes, thank you. You know, it's it's Andy and Red on the beach down south reuniting. Mm. It's mm-hmm. Latika and Jamal coming together in the train station. You know, like it's that's that shit right there. Mm. Uh, and I I really really loved that. Um, there we go. We have decided for the aughts our award. The critics have spoken. Mm-hmm. And they're in Gladiator one set design, costume design as well. Best soundtrack one Avatar. Uh, supporting actress Ruby D as Mama Lucas. Supporting actor Joaquin Phoenix as Commodus. Best actress Uma Thurman as Beatrix Kiddo. Best actor Denzel Washington as Frank Lucas. Best director Quentin Tarantino. Best writer Simon Beaufoy and movie of the decade Slumdog Millionaire. What a decade's awards it has been. Let's hit the fun shit. Mm-hmm. Let's get into it. All right. So the fun shit, we always kick it off. Who was the best at being the fucking worst? Like who who was just god awful and was so good at it? I'd say Commodus. Uh, I, I hated him quite a lot. Um, whether he was like, I don't know. I, I he was like the one that that kind of jumped off immediately. But then, uh, what what what's that military dude in Avatar? The with the scar oh, man, on his that head. Guy fucking um, Yeah, Cur- Colonel Miles Quartich. Um, what a fucking oh, and Peter and Parker Selfridge, the the corporate dude, also oh, sucked. Fuck I man, think they dude. both they both get uh get a nod there. they both get best to be in the worst uh, nods yeah for so, sure um um maybe alonzo and training day Ooh, i dig i dig that um yeah definitely colonel i hate the word colonel um it any doesn't other. make any sense um no it, like how did that even how? How did that happen? How is it Colonel when it's spelled C O L O? How is that Kerr? That's 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 a great question. 
Um, but I okay. Um, I feel like I'm forgetting someone though. Uh, Jack Costello, The Departed, Matt mm. Damon, The Departed. Mm. Um, Scrappy Do, Scrappy fucking Do, buddy. Okay, yeah, Scrappy Do. We'll, and we will revisit these nominees whenever it is time to choose a winner. Mm. Um, we will come back to it. Best at being the best. Who are who are our nods there? Maximus. I mean, Maximus had to, had to. Um, um maybe. Ah, let's see. I think that. Uh, I mean, King Kong. Mm. Dude's kind of awesome. Uh, Beatrix Kiddo. These are all some super badass, awesome, purely like how how could you not be this awesome character? Jamal. Ooh. I mean, the best at being the best. What was his last name? I cannot tell you. Was I it don't just even Jamal? They... I think we only knew him as Jamal. Yeah, just... Just oh, Jamal, older Jamal. Jamal, um, yeah. <laughs> let's see. Mm. I think that might. I think that might be the nod list for the best of being the best. You, know, you can only reach. Ooh, we forgot. Uh, Carl Denham as the best. Uh, uh, oh the worst. no! Um, Jack Black was terrible um, in the. We can take off one of the Avatar ones. Yeah, you know, like, I think uh, the Colonel sucked more. Um, or you know, take off Alonzo. You know, like I, I don't mm. think he was at like he sucked, but he was not either of those dudes in Avatar level. You know, like he was, he was just annoying. It was like, ah, oh, fuck, man. And in fact, as I'm watching it, I'm kind of rooting for him. Mm. Mm-hmm. You know, like it's Denzel Washington and he stole the fucking show. <laughs> I'm like, you know what? Let him get his money, get his bag, get out of here. Mm-hmm. Fuck the cops, you know. Like, <laughs> I think, yeah, that that feels better. Yeah, I, he needed yeah. to be up there. He needed to be here. He needed to be Let's here. Uh, who's the worst at being the best? I think Salim. Mm. Yeah. Like uh, he was a dick the whole time, but hey, he came through at the end there. Fred, you know, he's part of the gang. He's just kind of annoying every now and then. He's just kind of like. He has to go with Daphne, you know. He, he always splits up the gang, and he's always with Daphne for reasons pretty obvious. Um, That's a fact. Let's see. Hmm. Hey, I mean, uh, if we want to give another nod to best of being the best, I go Velma. Yes, and and Scooby. She she was the best at being the best. Um, she really, really was. Uh, worst at being the best, I go Richie Roberts, Russell Crowe's hmm. character. And uh, an American gangster. It was like, yeah, you you do have your wits about you. You generally want what's right, but God, you fucking suck sometimes, man. Mm-hmm. Like you can't be there for your kid. Uh, your partner shoots a dude dead, and you got to prop his dead body up on a gurney and open his eyes. Mm. Uh, that oof. was rough. Yeah, that's 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 a bad look. Uh. Oh yeah, there's probably some worse to be in the best in the departed. Um I mean Billy and Colin could probably both be here. Mm-hmm. 
uh, just because like they were both like <laughs> I don't know I like uh, they were cool but it was like fuck dude mm. you suck at this I think I think uh, I think we think that might be that got it there yeah and we'll uh, we'll obviously revisit this once we've laid out all the nominees here. Class clown. I mean, we got it. We got to have Shaggy again here. Uh, got to have Shaggy for and Scooby Doo. Uh, uh, Scooby Doo. Yeah, shoe ins. I mean, come on. They had. They have to be there. Um. Let's see. Let's see. Who's was there? Anyone that was really making me giggle this decade? Anyone who was who had got me to laugh? And, you know, I don't know that there is besides that that Scooby Doo flick. Like it might be. That that is just the case, uh, for for the class clowns. Mm-hmm. Mark Wahlberg as uh, Dingham in in The Departed. He had a few few moments that were actually kind of funny. He did um, have some goofy ass lines, man. That guy was kind of funny. Fuck yourself. That's why. Yeah. Um. So I remember, like Alec Baldwin, like asked, like, "How's your mother doing?" He's like, "Well, tired from fucking your father or something." Like you know, just like oh yeah, those yeah classic yeah, yeah. comebacks that like uh I don't know we're we're pretty good. Um, but I mean, come on, how do you beat the, the comedy of one of the best movies of all time there? Without asking too many questions, do you have anyone with uh, anyone in with Costello presently? Maybe, maybe not. Maybe fuck yourself. Mm. <laughs> I fucking love that. Is there anyone in Kill Bill that was funny? <laughs> Dignum. This is unbelievable. Who put the fucking cameras in this place? Who the fuck are you? I'm the guy who does his job. You must be the other guy. <laughs> uh Man, what a what a perfect casting for that role. Like, oh yeah, I don't I don't usually like Mark Wahlberg, mm. but he nailed that role. Yeah. Like that was <laughs> he's usually pretty cringy in, in his stuff, but here I don't know. I think he, he fit well, fit well there. Um, yeah, I mean, I don't know, not not many, not many funny Fuck people. Yourself. Uh, oh my god, Dignum going back with back and forth with Ellerby. LRB's telling him like, "Yo, we gotta, we gotta have it a li- liaison to your undercover department. Get kind of a feel for what's going on." Diggins like, "Hey, you're not supposed to know about that shit. That's the whole fucking point." Mm. LRB goes, "Fuck yourself." He goes, "I'm tired of fucking your wife." And LRB goes, "How's your mother?" He goes, "Good. She's tired from fucking my father." <laughs> Man, yeah, he he was just very quick witted. He, he knew he had to come back for everything. Yeah, that was that was a good one. That was a good that was a good pick there for by you, Joe. It might be a might be a sleeper to win that mm-hmm. one, but uh, I think those are our nods for Class Clown, mm-hmm. uh, Scooby, Shaggy, and Dignum. Uh, who's the most likely to succeed? Hey, you got to go, Jamal. Mm. Oh, definitely. Got to go, Jamal and Slumdog Millionaire. I think I, Beatrix I, might kiddo. not even be. Uh, oh yeah, Beatrix Kiddo. She she gets a nom here for sure. I feel um, she's very. She's off. She overcomes the odds, man. Hmm. Um, uh, maybe the Navi. Ooh. Like that. Maximus? Not re- well, not nah, really. I mean, like he, he was He saw he saw his mission through. Yeah, he succeeded. I don't think it was most likely to happen though. No, it was not most likely. Um, uh, I suppose I suppose by that lot like by that logic, though, how likely were any of these guys? 
True. Jamal. How likely was Jamal to win? Who wants to be a millionaire? How likely was Beatrix Kiddo to overcome all those assassins? How likely is it that the Navi defeat imperialism? We had a lot of dark kind of underdogs. Yeah, very very underdog-ish here. Not, Not, you know, Neo from the matrix who was like destined to succeed or the love triangle of, of the Terminator, you know, that, that had to succeed for time to work. Um, yeah, we've had like a built in winner the last couple times. Um, Sante, I mean, come on. I mean, yeah, it's, I mean, it's it's Sante. Um, but huh, this one, this one's interesting. Yeah, this one will be interesting. I'm excited to, to, to get into it. Here we go. Uh, Most likely to end up in jail or dead. We got basically the whole cast of a departed. Uh, yeah, well, you know what? Just the departed. Uh, everyone's likely to end up dead or in jail. Uh, just, just as a general rule of thumb. Yeah, that's kind of how the movie ends. Is with everyone everyone's dying. dead. Um, I'd say Bill. Everyone's departed. Bill. Well. Oh yeah, Bill. I don't know. I guess he was kind of like the top dog. Um, but Uma Thurman, I mean, she she was, yeah, nah. Um, Salim? Mm, yeah. Like in a little bit more sad and real way? Yeah. Like everyone else is kind of like, Haha, yeah, most likely end up in jail or dead. And then like Salim, it was like, fuck, man. Sorry, but yeah, that's the way it is. Yeah, Alonzo. Alonzo training, training day. day. That's yeah. a good one there. Um, I have to agree. Um I mean, Commodus, he was uh, he was destined to die, whether from the people or from Maximus. Uh, it was going to happen. So I feel, yeah, let's see. I, get, I mean, I guess Frank Lucas, you know, he was. Had, I had the thought. Uh, he gets out, though. That's true. That is true. Didn't he go back, though? After he I got mean, out, like uh, in real life, or did he? Was he out for for good? In real life, yeah, he uh, he did end up going back. Like the the original stuff that he went to jail for in the movie, he only went to prison for like five years in real mm. life, which is fucking crazy that that dude just went to prison for five years and like. I guess did he all took down he a good three quarters of the police department. Three, though, so. three quarters of the police department. So. uh Oh yeah, maybe the police department, American Gangster. <laughs> yeah, not Frank Lucas from American Gangster, just the police department. Um. <laughs> yeah, yeah. All right, I think that's a good. That's a good. Here we nominee go. list. Do you want to go through and do the? Uh, or no, wait. Yeah, wait, we have to do the nominees. I forgot about that, mm-hmm. and then we select from those. Mm-hmm. So obviously, Dream Blunt rotation. We've got Shaggy and Scooby Doo. It had to be done. There were no, there were no doubts about it. Let's see who else. Who else are we smoking up with? Uh, you know, maybe King Kong. I had the same thought. I was thinking maybe we get Jack Driscoll up in there, the writer. He'll get nice and deep on us. Uh, True. We'll, we'll, we'll True. get into some uh, some good combos. Uh, Give me, oh man! I know we thought we had a shoe in with the uh, with 
the mode of transportation mm-hmm. being, or the place that we smoke being the mystery machine. But the planet Pandora, that'd be ideal, man. The luminescent fields smoking up with the Navi. It's too. I, oh, yeah. Oh. The mystery machine while we're just on, on Pandora. Pandora. God damn. It's genius. What a fucking workaround. I mean, it's, yeah, the Pandora, it's not a mode of transportation. That's just a location. Um, what a, what a fucking workaround. Damn. Uh, give me Nitri, Zoe Saldana's character. Mm. Uh, I think, uh, I think I'd like to have, I think I'd like to have her around while, while we're smoking up. Uh, let's see. That's the thing. We didn't have a lot of likable characters yeah. in this, uh, in this run here. Uh-uh. Uh, you know, I I think I'd also take uh, I take Gordon Liu's character in Kill Bill Volume Two. Uh, he's the is the guy who trains her. Oh, um, mm. okay. I'm... I'm trying to remember his name. J- uh, Pai Mei. P a i m e i. Fucking loved Pai Mei. Uh, this will be a this will be an interesting one to pick from. This is like this is the weakest dream blunt rotation category we've ever had. I don't like I don't want to smoke with any of these people. Like I mean, I would love None to smoke with Denzel, but like not as Alonzo, really. But would I smoke? I mean, with he'll them? arrest me and take my fucking weed. Yeah, will will I smoke with them as Frank Lucas though? I mean, like he's kind of very serious. I don't think he wants yeah, to. Yeah. Be. Um, like that's the thing is we got a lot of cool characters, but I don't know if they wanted they want I don't like they want to uh, participate. Shit. We got Snoop Dogg, Doctor Dre, and RZA. Um, that's a fact. <laughs> we could have Snoop Dogg, Doctor Dre, and RZA up in this hoe, and just to have that opportunity to pick their minds about music. Uh, um, <laughs> Snoop Dogg, Doctor Dre, and RZA. Oh, I guess. And I mean, and, like, you got uh, Snoop Dogg as a Old Spice. Huge, ge- oh Terry yeah, Crews, Terry yeah. Crews. Uh, I might, might as well just give them all the, the yeah, nods give them all here. the nods well. for, So I guess there you go. Day. We filled it out a little bit uh, with that. Yeah, there you go. I, I mean, here we go. But, I mean, yeah. here. I mean, if we want, I think this is the one nightmare. that's going to be pretty easy. This is the fruitful yeah. one. Yeah. Um, uh, night nightmare blunt rotation. Uh, yeah, you know, can't have Commodus there. That's an absolutely the fuck not. Uh. You absolutely don't want him there. Uh, maybe Alonzo, like I said, he'll take your weed, arrest you, and take your money. Um, maybe, Fred's uh, a narc, Fred, I feel like. Uh, Fred does feel like a narc, man. Yeah, I don't think I want Fred there. It, it, I mean, maybe uh, maybe Scrappy-Doo mm, in the Well of Souls. He would be annoying as fuck. Um... Let's see. Maybe Bill. <laughs> Feel like he just kill me. Feel like I just yeah, I, I Ellie just Driver. Oh my god! Keep Ellie Driver the fuck away from me mm. while I'm smoking, dude. Ellie Driver was a nightmare. E L L I. Yeah, you got it. Gotcha. Um. Ooh. What was the Carl Denham. the uh, 
the evil dude that took the kids in Slumdog Millionaire. Right. Um, right. What was what was his, oh, what was his character's name? Is it Prakash? Yeah. I think. Yeah. Let's fuck that dude. Um, maybe another best at being the worst was Prakash. Uh, if we yeah, have he another, was, uh, um, he was garbage. He was a garbage there, human. Um, hmm. I mean, we got a couple in Avatar, Colonel Miles Portage. True. Um, I'm a detective Trupo, an American gangster. Mm. Josh Brolin's character. Oh. That man feels like he's a shoo-in to shoot me. I have, I have pretty much no doubts about that. I think, okay. Okay, here we go. Oh, I guess, what's our, our nightmare mode of transportation? Um, I think uh, I think a nightmare location hmm. uh, would potentially be the Well of Souls in Scooby-Doo uh, on, on Mystery Island. I think that'd be a that'd be a scary place to smoke up. Uh, maybe <laughs> let's see the military base in Avatar. That doesn't seem ideal. Um, the set of Who Wants to Be a Millionaire? <laughs> that would be really weird. <laughs> So yeah, we got a, we got a few options for where where like what's the fuck no we're not doing this you know what I'm saying we got a few options there. Um, but yeah, so so are we on to the the biggest simp noms. Here we go. Yeah, Commodus was already right. there, uh, which is Commodus had to be there. Jamal, yeah. huge simp. Uh, very very well noted simp. It was written though. You know, it was D. It was written. Mm. Uh, let's see. Uh, oh, oh, Jake Sully, <laughs> homie, changed species. True, because of his love. I'd say Colin from The Departed. Uh, well, no, he actually wasn't a simp. He kind of like uh, he played it. He's kind of an yeah, asshole. So never mind. Jack Driscoll. Mm. Yep, <laughs> has to be there. Has to be there. These guys are just simping out the ass. We had a we had a good plethora of simps in this decade. Yeah, I think that's it. I think that's it. I think we nailed it there. Uh, best pairing nominees. We already got Shaggy and Scooby there. You had to. There was no doubt about it. Uh, I'd go King Kong and Ann. Mm. It's a strong. It's a strong pairing. Um, Maybe Richie. I, I like I like the uh, Frank Lucas oh, and Richie on... Roberts. The the, the ending, which is insane that it's not in the original cut of the movie. I it s- is still insane. can't believe that. Um, but I mean that we got it, so I'm I'm down with it. Maybe maybe Jamal and Latika. Hmm. I just Nitri and Jake Sully. Need is it Nitri or is it Natiri? Natiri, I don't know. I was just Oh, I have it up here. I just say things. Natiri, yeah. N E Y T I R I. Um Nitri. 
need to re. Uh, yeah, then Kill Bill, I wouldn't necessarily say the Bride and Bill were an ideal pairing. I don't know that they went together like two peas in a pot or anything like that. But yeah, I think uh, I think we got some solid noms here. Uh, what was the um the name of the banshee, the big one that Jake event? Oh, Taruk. Yeah, I'll put I'll put Jake in, in Taruk. It was just badass. Good like call. uh, good call. <gasps> Taruk. Riding the back of Tarun. Oh, there it is. I was waiting for a mode of transportation, and then I just i i couldn't find one. But there, yeah, yeah, that'd be horrifying or dope. One or the other. I guess. Maybe I mean, Toru- we don't have the opportunity to make that connection. I guess. Yeah. No, I was gonna say Toru would be the nightmare, but then like the other banshees would just be the 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 dream. But like, it's mystery machine without a doubt. Like for the, uh, it has to be. So that. I mean, it has to be. That. Yeah, but. Um, don't. Um, gotta get Taruk up in this hoe. Here we go. But yeah, where's that? Uh, where's that? Leave us with our noms list now. Um. Oh, we best hair. We already have the bride. Um, and for Kill Bill, I guess maybe Beatrix Kiddo. I like. I like. Uh, I heard her real name here. I think she she earns it. Um, she did. Alonzo and Trinity for that afro. Or no, that's Frank. Sorry, uh, Frank Lucas for the af, just the the afro, just the oh, yes. the uh, the slight, just a couple seconds it was on screen. I, I um love it. Um, I'd go generally the Navi. Mm. Some lovely hair. Uh, and Darrow had a pretty kick ass hairstyle in in that movie. That iconic shot of her walking down the road and the light shining behind her. She's got that curly, poofy hair. Trying to think of some uh, some worst some worst hair mm. nods. Jack Nicholson Costello. <laughs> it's a pretty rough head of hair on on that man. Um, if I remember correctly, Bill Carradine had a pretty rough head of hair as well. Who was uh... David Carradine? He played Bill. My bad. Mm. Oh, I mean, we got we got to nominate Pi May for best oh, hair. I mean, of course. I mean, yeah. Some pretty pretty legendary hair there. Let's see, best cameo of the decade goes to Samuel L. Jackson for Kill Bill Volume Two. Mm, that was sick. Just uh, not not too long he was on there, but hey, he was in it. Mm-hmm. But yeah, shall we shall we go back through and select some winners? I think we shall. All right, so most likely or the best at being the worst, the just absolute fucking scum of the earth. We got Commodus, Carl Denham, Colonel Miles Quartich, Parker Selfridge, Jack Costello, and Scrappy Doo. Who is the best at being the worst? Hmm. Hmm. Amen. Buck Commodus. Buck Carl Denham. Buck the capitalist and militaristic assholes in Avatar. But does it get worse than Scrappy Doo? I don't think so, man. 
I mean, he's he's one of the greatest. Puppy power. One of the greatest villains of all time here. This man pissed on Daphne. Fuck that man. He doesn't just. This man pissed on Daphne. Yeah. No. Get him out of here. Fucking fuck, Scrappy dude. Him. Get get him the put fuck him down. Out of it. Get get the yeah, put him down. Somebody give him the shot. You know, I usually, I'm usually not 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 all right with that with with dogs. Oh no, I'm not I'm not cool with animal cruelty. But if if Scrappy Doo's getting a kick, I'll look the other way. Mm-hmm. Not not one for the hurting of animals, but Scrappy Doo, that motherfucker. I'll be the one to put the shot in him. I will I will I'll suffocate Scrappy Doo with my bare hands. <laughs> have, you, have you seen Anchorman? Yeah, you remember that part where the the dude punts Anchorman's dog off of the bridge? I do not remember that. No, but I do that. I do that to Scrappy Doo though. I'd I'd take him. I'd take him and I I'd, I'd punt him <laughs> off of off of the bridge. The man punted Baxter. <laughs> it's Jack Black. Holy shit! Oh. It's Jack Black who does the punting. That's hilarious. This is happening. <laughs> Punts him straight over the edge, man. Yeah, but uh, that that's my that's like mm. best of being the worst to Scrappy Doo, and I I'd, I'd punt him off the side of a bridge. That's how I feel about Scrappy Doo. Punted off the off a bridge. Oh, uh, but on the flip side, who is just the best of the best? Who who would you do the opposite of? Like who who on that bridge would you hug instead? Thank you for being you. You're the best. Jamal. He needs a hug. It's got to be Jamal, right? He needs a hug. Um, dude's been through it. He got it. his hug, though. He got Latika, man. Yep. Mm. He deserved that. And, and and a lot of money, too. It's not what he was after, but but they can they can do whatever they want now. And I'm proud, and I'm happy to know that, that this fictional character can do what he wants to do now. God, I love that Jamal just gets to do whatever he wants in my imagination. Mm-hmm. Mm legendary i hope that he looks both ways before he crosses my mind but uh (laughs) on on the next one who is good but goddamn are they bad at it so who's the worst at being the best Uh, i mean we got we got a couple options here but man i think it's got to be fred From Scooby Doo, just a narc, like, man, and just a- dude. Like, here's my thing: is that like he he has all the power in the world to be like a really cool fucking guy, and he's an absolute doucher. Yeah, he's an absolute doucher. Like, yeah, I don't, there's not many good things to say about Fred. He just he's the leader, but like makes the worst decisions. Um, he's a dumbass. Yeah, he's pretty. Yeah, he's pretty dumb, and he's just. He's a narc. And he's just he's on the gang, so like that's that's why he's like I mean, you're automatically cool if you're in Mystery Incorporated, yeah. but I mean like he is the worst member of Mystery Incorporated. There's no doubt. That's true. I mean Yeah, I mean if if I have to choose to get rid of someone from Mystery Incorporated, it's Fred. Or maybe just maybe he needs a punch in the face or something to wake him up. I don't know. Yeah, you know like like I I, I punt Scrappy Doo off the bridge. I hug Jamal. I get. I give Fred a nice shove. Mm-hmm. Yeah, right over the edge. Oh yeah. There we go. Okay, I'm feeling. Cla- Ooh, 
Class Clown, man. Uh, we got we got a few good noms in Shaggy or Scooby, and then uh, Dignum and The Departed. And if I'm being honest with myself, I mean, like, Dignum had some fucking banger lines. That dude was fucking funny at a lot of points, dude. Uh, I obviously don't want him to win. Mm, yeah. But fuck, he might have to. Like, that... In terms of a movie that had no levity, like, isn't a comedy, is a drama, to come in and be that fucking funny, mm. that's hard. And I think he nailed it. Yeah. Uh, I think it's got to be Dignum. Shaggy and Scooby, they're just funny on their own, right? Like, all, you know, just like always, that's what they're oh, supposed to be. But then, like... They'll get their shine, yeah. to be sure. Oh, yeah. Uh, Shaggy and Scooby. Don't don't worry. Uh, don't worry about a thing. We've got this. Uh, but who's the most likely to succeed? We got Beatrix Kiddo, Jamal, the Navi. Now, all underdogs here. Um, all of them are. Let's see who. I think Jamal is the first out here. Uh, okay. Just because, like, it was very unlikely he's asked all these questions that, like, he just went through. Like, he's just very lucky. In, you know, I, I don't really. The, mo- the thing that gets me here is, like, the motivation of Beatrix Kiddo and the Navi. Like they are deeply, deeply motivated to get what they want, and they will do like anything to get there. Jamal just kind of happened in on the situation, uh, kind of true. So true. Um, who was more motivated? I, the Navi. My gut was Beatrix Kiddo. Yeah. yeah, she was. She was. Uh, she was on a mission, and she saw that shit through. She didn't even know she was going to have a daughter at the end of the line, and she did. Uh, she hits. She hits Bill with the pressure point. Stops his heart. Explodes his explodes heart. That shit. Damn. What a way to, to end him. Take your daughter and go. Live the life you've always the, wanted the to five live. five-finger exploding heart technique or whatever. Damn. Like, Learn from, from Pei Mai himself, you know. Um, Pai Mai. Pai Mai, sorry. Uh, Pei pe, pe Mai. Um, but, yeah, damn. I, I think I don't know, I, that's where I jumped to immediately was, was Beatrix Kiddo. Um, I think she had. To, I think such is such is the way of things, mm-hmm. and quite comfortably so. Uh, Beatrix Kiddo certainly the most likely to succeed. On the flip side, who's the most likely to end up in jail or dead? Uh, you bet your ass it's going to be Scrappy Doo when I punch him <laughs> off the side of that bridge. But uh, no, nah, it's uh, it's for for this we got some noms. We got everyone and the Departed. Uh, Bill and Kill Bill, Salim and Slumdog Millionaire, Alonzo and Training Day, Commodus and Gladiator, and the Police Department and American Gangster. Now, this one's interesting because we have two extremes that are that are the obvious two choices: everyone in the Departed and the Police Department and American Gangster. And what's funny is that the Police Department is most likely to end up in jail. Everyone in the Departed is the most likely to end up dead. Mm-hmm. So it's just kind of like a who do you prefer sort of situation. Uh, I think I'll give it to everyone in the departed. Uh, dying's yeah, man, more funny than, than, than going to jail. Um, I mean, <laughs> um, I mean, everyone's, and the yeah. way it just happens, they all just, they all just get shot in the fucking head, yeah. and that's that. Boom. That's it. Poor fucking Anthony Anderson. He just showed up. <laughs> oh, man. And then the, the other rat who was in on it is like, yeah, we got to help each other. Bang. Bye. Um, Billy and Collins. Bye. 
Um, Colin shows up to his apartment. Dignam's there waiting for him. Mm -hmm. Sorry, bro. This is going to be funny as fuck, though. Mm -hmm. I'm the class clown. Pow! Uh, shoots him straight through the head. But yeah, I think everyone in The Departed, they are the most likely to end up in jail or dead. Mm -hmm. There's there's little doubt about that. Uh, now, here let's uh let's do uh let's do some some work here. Let's let's skip the the blunt rotations. Go down to best and worst mm -hmm. hair. You know, there's a you know like these the, not fun ones to end mm -hmm. it on. True. Let's let's end it on the, the 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 fun shit. Uh, who had the best hair? For you. It's yeah. Yeah, no. I was like, I was trying to give any of these other people, like, are they better? Shot? They don't have no. one. Yeah. They don't have a chance. How do you... They never stood a chance once Pyme was brought to the table. I mean, he he was so cold with it. Too. The way he just brushed it to the side. And, oh, brushed and... the fucking facial hair. Mm. The God, what a king. Yeah, no. I love yeah, Pyme. He's just the, the glaring winner there. Fuck Ellie Driver. That's mm. all I got to say. That's mm. all I got to say. Worst hair, Ellie Driver. No, I'm just <laughs> <laughs> uh, Costello or Bill? And hey, man, it's a shame that this wasn't like a uh, character choice. It's just Jack Nicholson's hair. Uh... <laughs> <laughs> True. Yeah. It's just, and it's also just Bill's hair. Like, it's just, it's just the way they look. It's so funny. Uh, I think, oh, I think maybe to Costello to Jack Nicholson, though. That dude just doesn't have it in the yeah, hair department. He had the full cul de sac going on. It was a, it was a rough look for him. I think, uh, I think Costello had the worst hair of the decade. Yeah. Um, I'm, I'm pretty confident in such, a, such things, but, uh, who was the uh, who was the biggest simp? We had Commodus, Jamal, Jake Sully, Jack Driscoll, Fred. Who? We got a couple like standouts for me. I mean, Commodus is just weird. Yeah, it's his sister. He was simping for his sister, and that's like oof. I can't award that in any capacity. Mm -hmm. Uh. Jack Driscoll, willing to climb to the top of a mountain, climb to the top of the Empire State Building with a giant gorilla in order to to reach Anne. Man, that's some dedication. That's some respect. I don't know how it can get any more intense than that as far as showing your love for another person. I mean, Jake did. Aside from maybe literally transferring consciousness into a different species. That is tough. Uh, I mean, Jack Driscoll did the most a human could do in his situation. You know, he didn't have this ability to switch species and all, but like. Hey, man, if Jack Driscoll was just born, I don't know, 200 years later. I think it probably goes to Jack Driscoll here. Um, but I, I mean, he literally did. Like, he's like, fuck my human body. I don't. I mean, I guess his... I'm a beef. He's not just a simp for Neytiri. He's a simp for the entire Navi culture. True. So much so that he took cultural appropriation to the highest <laughs> possible level. 
and became Cultural appropriation is defined by this moment here. I think I, I don't know of a, of a more defining cultural appropriation moment than this. Oh my God. Like he literally became a different species and then told them everything that they should do. And like, as their leader and, and like, yeah. Proclaimed them as his, like, imagine I go to a black lives matter rally and go, it's clear what they want to do to us. <laughs> I'm getting fucking, I'm, I'm getting fucking jumped. That's just like, it's not something that, sh- like, it's not something that should happen. And it's, <laughs> yeah, it definitely makes Jack the biggest, or Jake, the biggest simp mm. of, of the 2000s to have switched bodies to become, yeah, a Navi. <laughs> Damn. Yeah, that's that is that's the simping on the highest level there. Um He took it to a whole other thing. Okay. Took it to a whole other thing. <laughs> now I guess uh on the flip side of simp, you know, who who do we like to see together? Who do we prefer to see together in best pair here? Um Who are the who are the best pairings? We've got uh we got Shaggy and Scooby. I mean Hard to beat Shag and Scoob. Like Zoinks. Uh we got King Kong and Ann. We got Frank Lucas and Richie Roberts. Jamal and Latika. Let that one sit there for a mm-hmm. second. Jake Sully and Natiri and Jake Sully and Taruk. Was uh, it written that it was the fourth option as well? Um D it was written. And Jamal and I mean that that's kind of nuts. That worked out too well. Um, I I mean I don't um, think I can give anyone else. I don't think like I I want to go Shag and yeah. Scoob, you know, like I want to do that, but how can I not go Jamal and Latika? It was written, man. It was it's written. Their destiny. And I'm going to direct your attention to the fourth movie in a row to win movie of the decade and best pairing. Um. All of them do it. Every time. If they have the best pair, it won movie of the decade. Um, It's even more written. It's even more written. Wow. Wow. But that leaves us with nothing but the dream blunt rotation and the nightmare blunt rotation. Let's start with the scary shit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Let's start with what we absolutely don't want. Um, I'm going to tell you, ain't no fucking way... I'm having Scrappy do in my blunt rotation. <laughs> I mean, maybe. Hey, Scrappy, you want to hit? He's like, yeah. And then I just smack the shit yeah. out of him. And then punt him. Yeah, Every, and then punt him off the yeah. bridge. Maybe, you know what? Maybe don't give him the easy one punt off the Maybe punt him a few times and then punt him off the bridge. You know, like maybe. kick him around a little bit, see how far you can go, and then send him off, off the bridge. Um, I feel like I'd want to do it from like the very tippy top of like the Golden Gate Bridge as well, just to give him like right long time to fall, knowing he's done. Um, that's it. That's that for that's that for yeah, Scrappy. Fuck Scrappy, do. Um, um <laughs> the nightmare blunt rotation turns into a murder. Yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> done done by me. That never happens. Yeah. Uh, it's usually everyone else I'm concerned will murder me. Uh. Now, now, Scrappy Doo's in danger because I'm there. Uh, I'm uh, bad news, Scrappy. I'm in your house. 
Um, Prakash, that guy sucks. He's a very evil dude. Um, yeah, like evil as fuck. Yeah, that's just he never forgets a face either. You know? Yeah, um, that's just, uh, that's scary. It's not something I like. I I I'm not fucking with that at all. I'm thinking he. Uh, I mean, and the colonel. I don't know. Like, the colonel would just be fucking, like... You would... I don't know. That guy just... These two just suck. Um, Let me ask you, though. You're in the presence of two people. One of them is Quartich. There there are three chairs Mm. in in a room, right? Mm-hmm. One in the middle that you have to scoot closer to someone. On one side is Quartich. On the other side is Commodus. <laughs> Who do you choose to sit next to? I think Commodus. I don't I don't know, though. I'd rather just scoot. There's a lot going on in this scenario, though, because as soon as you elect to sit next to Quartich, Commodus goes, what the fuck? That's true. Am I not merciful? (laughs) (laughs) Mm. If you sit next to the colonel, he's going to talk your ass off and Commodus is going to talk your ass off. But if you sit next to Commodus, the colonel will just leave you alone. Thanks for choosing me, buddy. Like, I'll spare you. Mm. Don't come. Don't come to school tomorrow. (laughs) Yeah, I don't know. This the colonel just sucks. He's just like a narc. He's a he's a bu- asshole in all all categories. There, Perfect. I don't know. I, I'm thinking he's part of the nightmare. Um, I just don't even want to know I, I, what he's I, like. Hi. Um, then then I'm there with you. I think it's got to be Prakash, Quartich, and Scrappy Doo. Like I don't. Where are we at? I mean, as much as I despise Ellie Driver, fuck Ellie Driver. Yeah. Can't, she's she's not even she's not quite on that level. Yeah. I mean, none of them are on Scrappy Doo's level. True. But uh, fuck that guy. Pun him. Fuck Scrappy Doo. Um, where are we at? And where are we? Where is the worst possible place this this could happen from the decade? I'm thinking Spooky Island, man. That's like because you have those monsters too that are like mm-hmm. running around. That that's scary. And Spooky Island yeah. is already spooky. Too, just in its own in own right. I'll be a little paranoid, yeah. especially if I'm there with Prakash, Miles Quartich, and God forbid the evil mastermind Scrappy who set Doo. it all up in the first place. You know, yeah. God forbid Scrappy Doo gets his hands on some sort of uh, that 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 artifact that allowed him to suck out our souls. Mm. Uh, that that's worst case scenario. Uh, hopefully, I've already killed Scrappy Doo by the time it comes to that. Mm. Um, it's safe to say that I probably would have. Yes, um, I just show up and if if uh, no bridge in sight, um, punt to death. I'll punt him into the well yeah, of just souls. Punt to death in any any form or way. Um, yeah, as long as long as Scrappy Doo's getting punted, death by punt, death by punt. Um, oh, death by punt for uh, Scrappy Doo, along with Quartich uh, and Prakash. And we're at the Well of Souls on Spooky Island. That's worst case scenario. And we got to Spooky uh, Island on Taruk. Um, we got to Spooky Island on Taruk. That's no better way to put it. No better way to put it, my friend. 
the whole ride there was just disastrous. In fact, Scrappy Doo didn't even make it. I punted him off to Rook. Yeah, right him early. That's good. I got yeah, yeah. We didn't even make it to the to to location. Uh but let's let's top off the episode with the dream blunt rotation. Who who has to be there? How do you not do a dream blunt rotation with Shaggy and Scooby? You can't have one without the other. You know, it'd be criminal to just pick one. It'd be blasphemy. Yeah, I mean, I I think I would die on the especially spot. in the coming revolution. Yeah, exactly. Um, <laughs> Death by punt for anyone who's not yes. electing. Watch out, <laughs> Shaggy and Scooby. Um, Death by punt. It's not an easy way to go. Um, so I. But, it takes a while. Yeah. Um, so you watch out. I mean, I mean, this is it's obvious though. Shaggy and Scooby, they're they're coming along, and now we just gotta have to gotta pick one more here. We are we're already on I the mean, mystery machine on Pandora. That's there's no question about that. This and with Shaggy and Scooby driving the bus, we're safe. I mean, they got they you got know, that it, whole kitchen set up back there. Um, oh, we're living. Yeah. We are living in the mystery machine, bro. On Pandora, are you kidding me? Roll these windows down, bro. Roll these windows down. Oh, wait, no, we can't. Because the masks. The masks, though. We we rig it somehow. And we're Hot all just getting toasted. our own mask, dude. God, we're all just getting you know, toasted. it sounds bad at first that we have to wear a mask on Pandora, you know, just to live and all. But, like, we only need to do that if we leave the mystery machine. And then once we right. leave... We just keep it in there so we don't have to keep smoking. It's just constantly there. It's the only air it's we're breathing. There. It's the only air we're breathing. The only air we breathe is weed. Damn. We just breathe machine gun Kelly. <laughs> yeah. Because he is weed. Um, But <laughs> if I'm going to add one onto our list here, we got Shaggy and Scooby. There is There is another man on this list. That it is near blasphemous to pass over <laughs> for a for a smoke sesh, and that's Snoop Dogg. How the fuck are you not smoking with Snoop Dogg yeah. if given the opportunity? Yeah, I mean, come on. I mean, he he brings like as much as I'd love to be around Pie Man. He's bringing the good shit, you know, too. Uh, so you know, he. Is. I mean, the like Natiri, so we could get around Pandora, but like I think it's more fun just to go on our own, not to know where to go. And all Snoop Dogg will take us wherever yeah. we need, and uh, he knows. I may, I mean, would be cool, or uh, to teach us, you know, everything we need to know, and we become martial arts masters um, on Pandora. Hey, we, we only need Shaggy for that's, that. You know, what the fuck am I talking about? Shaggy's a master of the universe yeah, he's ma- of everything. He he knows all. So fair, <laughs> um, but yeah, but yeah. Snoop Dogg, Snoop Dogg, Shaggy, and Scooby Doo on the Mystery Machine on Pandora. Holy that shit. might be I mean we've had some pretty baller dream blunt rotations. I mean last, in the 90s it was Ace Ventura, Morpheus and Jules Winfield on the back of a Brachiosaurus. Uh the 70s was a uh, Han and Chewbacca with Vito Corleone on board the uh, Millennium Falcon. Mm. Uh the 80s Indiana Jones, John Keating and Totoro on board Cat Bus. Damn. That one's strong. Yeah. Like, that, like that one. That one knocked me on my ass. Just going back and reading it. That would be awesome. <laughs> but Shaggy, Scooby, and Snoop Dogg on the Mystery Machine on Pandora. 
I think it's an important distinction. I think home tree still needs to be there. Uh, we oh pre, yes pre pre destruction of home yeah. tree and the uh, before the Imperials punted. And home what's tree. The, what's the the uh, their the other uh, no no that's still there. Well, they have like two different uh, locations. One where like they could listen to prayers and like where prayers could be answered, but then they had the other one where it was like the main tree that didn't end up getting mm. destroyed, right? Are those two different locations, or were they the same? I think they were the same. So that wasn't destroyed, right? That's still there? A home tree came yeah, down. Yeah, home tree, done. But I remember there were some white trees that came down, and they were like, oh my god, they were devastated by it. I, I remember yeah, that happening, right. I feel like. Um, I feel like. I feel like everything, like, what was holy to them came down, hmm. which is devastating. Uh, pre just, so prior pre- to that. Yeah, pre destruction of Pandora. Yeah, that's a, that's a good distinction. There we go. Yes, man. And there, and there you have it, everybody. That concludes these here awards and the Dream Blunt rotation. It doesn't get better than Shaggy, Scooby, and Snoop Dogg on the Mystery Machine on Pandora pre home tree destruction and war. <laughs> uh, that's that's an ideal situation. It, man, it doesn't uh, get worse. What, what, then Scrappy Doo, okay. Prakash, I guess and we know Miles the Portage. best dream, but what is the worst nightmare one that we have? I mean, okay, strong. You know, in the shining, we have basically the shining. Um, you know, <laughs> just the shining, everything to deal with that. Travis Bickle, Darth Vader, the shark <laughs> itself from Jaws aboard Travis Bickle's taxi. I think that <laughs> I think that's probably the worst possible scenario. <laughs> Uh, I mean, Scrappy Doo, Prakash, and Colonel Miles Quartage sounds bad until you realized I've already killed Scrappy. Uh, then it's just two left, and, and at that the, point, we're just with a couple pieces of yeah. shit. Um, but you know, Vader, I'm at risk of death. Bickle, I'm at risk of death. Jaws, we're all at risk of death. Uh, and we're in Travis's taxi, so nothing can go it's well. Got quite there. the suspension. Um, if it can hold up. Jaws, you know, in 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 the taxi, it's gonna gonna be a tight squeeze as well. It's gonna be very claustrophobic. Yeah. Uh, so. yeah, you know, it's like one of those situations where like we didn't have enough seats in the back, so Jaws had to lay across the top of us. And it's I'm just thinking, like, oh, I just man, let Vader sucks. kill me in this situation. I don't want Jaws to eat me because that sucks. I don't want. I feel like I don't know. I'd rather want to not die by Travis Bickle, but like if I died by Vader, oh, you know, there's pride yeah. in that. You know, like Vader killed me. Like I'm a Star Wars fan. That I mean, like. There's pretty much no better way to go in theory mm-hmm. than at the hands of Darth Vader's lightsaber. Um, what if in the seventies I like I was like, here Vader, here's my number. I'm gonna hit you up in about thirty years. Um, <laughs> I need you to come. I need you to come to Mystery Mystery Island at the Well of Souls. I'll like you. You'll see something flying in the sky. It's called a Taruk Macto, right? And there will be something falling from it. It will be Scrappy Doo. I will have punted him. I need you to try to try to get under him to the point where, like, when he comes down, he lands on your lightsaber. Uh, Ass and first. then that's just that for him. Ass, Ass yes. first. Impale him. But yeah, no better way to end it than Scrappy Doo. Getting impaled by Darth Vader's lightsaber. I think that's an ideal way to end the 2000s awards. And with that, we conclude the 2000s Penny Bloom Film Awards. Twas I.
Colton Robertson, and I was joined by Joseph George. Thank you oh, very much. What homie. a time, what a time. It is always a pleasure to be here. Oh, and it's always a pleasure to have you. If you would, head to patreon.com slash corobloom where you'll find over 24 hours of exclusive content. All that money goes back into making sure I can put this podcast on. All that money is very helpful and is much appreciated. Head to Twitter, follow at Penny Bloom Pod, follow on Instagram at Penny Bloom Podcast. Uh, the 52 year journey through film will continue with 2010 this Friday. Uh, and right now we have it as Inception, but then I remembered Scott Pilgrim versus the world came out in 2010, and that's a fucking good movie. Uh, we'll have things to discuss. It'll probably be Inception, but uh, things to keep in mind. Uh, if you would, remember, for me, peace, love, and bloom. And always punt Scrappy-Doo.